everyone, and welcome back to episode three of Sort of My Podcast. My name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human, and sitting to the right of my right, Mr. Bob Collins, also known as Boba Fett, and directly in front of me, Alpha Spectre, James Odell. And we've got a new friend uh, joining us today on this podcast. She is already on the Sword of My Comics page, and you may know her as... Shell Razor. What's up, everyone? You may have heard her in our last episode as our fact checker in the background. She got an upgrade. Um, unfortunately, Marnie will not be joining us as a regular cast member. Um, due to her busy schedule, it, we all felt like it would work best if she was just a indefinite guest. She's always welcome to come on. Anytime she randomly says, hey, can I do this episode? She is here. She's, so, still, she's still part of the Sort of My Brand, Sort of My Podcast family, yeah. but... It's more of a, uh, more of like like the neighbor on a on an old sitcom. Yeah. Used to pop in every every few episodes. She's Wilson. Hi. Yeah, she's Wilson. She's exactly. Wilson. She's Wilson. She pops her face over the fence. <laughs> yeah. What's up? How do you hope We just never see her anything more than this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she is always welcome to come on here um, and do this little thing with us. But. Let's go ahead and jump from cast members straight into uh, the meat and, and bits of like what everyone's talking about right now, and that is uh, the petition for Bucky and Cap to be uh, in a gay romance together. <laughs> a gay romance. Okay, so uh, I don't, I don't, I honestly have no idea where this is coming from. Like, I don't know what sparked this. I feel like honestly, I feel like it started from like memes because there's a lot of uh, on Twitter, and they everyone all the Twitter progressives thought that because it was going to happen, or they felt like it was going to happen anyways, that they might as well just like ship, you know, Captain America and Bucky. And I, a lot of people people are mad about it because what they're saying is, if he's not already a homosexual character, don't make him one. Not just that. But they already have, they already have homosexual characters. Yeah. But they have maybe they, just, they should introduce those instead of just trying to make everything. Well, and here's the other thing: Cap is from the '40s. In yeah. the '40s, and that doesn't necessarily well, like. I mean, they're no, no, they were, they, were, they, were, they hate it better. <laughs> right, in the 40s. but That's Cap, Cap is from the '40s. He's our boy in blue, like all this and that. Like had some of the better romances of our time. If you read some of his stories, mm. like him he's, and Peggy, he's have, and then like, him two. and Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, like the apple pie. Like what? Like well, here's here's like this is the reason I have a big problem with it, and and I'm gonna say this is a big problem because I hate that people do this to these characters. Captain America is solid. This is Captain America. This is what he's going to be. And even though a recent comic shift uh, is Mm -hmm. changing that a little bit, does that mean you have to completely reconstruct the character? I get it. He's gone the way of Superman. He's getting a little stale. He's getting a little old. Nobody really reads those type of stories anymore, which is a damn shame because I still love them. But... That does not hide the fact that Captain America, Steve Rogers, is Steve Rogers. You don't change Captain America. That'd be like making Superman gay. Yeah, and that's just not. It'd be going like to making happen. Alan Scott gay. <laughs> well, and even there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with homosexual. I do feel I'm, like they should have yeah. more progressive. Like they should I'm have right that, if they want, uh, but not change like what's already. Yeah, I'm alright if they want a but... gay Captain America, or it, honestly, if they wanted to change Bucky's thing. Or like 
if he went down that road. Yeah. That'd be fine, too, because there there's easier ways to explain it. But Captain America is just way too out of nowhere. Like, yeah, that yeah. would just be the most random thing And ever. I feel like a lot of people want that because of what Captain America stands for in regards to what was going on well, our as in, on the he side is, he is of America's the symbol. He's the symbol of, you know, yeah, America. Why do you have to be... So gay, if he was gay, to stand up yeah. for gay rights. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. And I think those are just people that... They're looking for something to, to like, I have back nothing, them up. Obviously, or... there's nothing wrong with having homosexual superheroes. Yeah. I think it's great. There are several. Oh, you yeah. could create... I mean, and there's a gay green there's, lantern. There's, there's yeah. ones Al that Scott. are already, yeah, like... Like, yeah, there's ones that are already... Home- like, the, you should be you should petitioning for them to be in movies and them being stuff instead of trying to change every single superhero that's already like. And that's that's another. Thing. I don't want like Marvel Marvel's uh, cinematic universe is on such a good track and they're yeah. following the books like as close as as closely as they can. That if they were to introduce a gay character in the Marvel universe like and make them poignant, it would just be. Again, two out of nowhere. Like they're on a specific track. Yeah. yeah. That does not hinder. There's no way to explain it. And that then... does not um, cater to that storyline. And why? Well, why can't why... I want to? I want to see a Sam and Bucky romance. That way, we can get them bickering back and forth. <laughs> Sam and <laughs> yeah. uh, a bromance yeah, yeah. comedy. Yeah. So, uh, like my my views know. my views on this personally honestly they're comic books. In a couple years, it's going to change again. They're going to they're going to rehash everything. They're going to reboot everything everything's going to change so personally i i don't i don't ever get too wound up over things like this like if that like my favorite character it sounds generic nowadays but my favorite character of all time has always been batman of course there's been a lot of a lot of homosexual references and such here and there throughout throughout this time but if they came flat out and was like yes batman is a homosexual bruce wayne the bruce wayne we've all known and loved from day one comes out as a homosexual be like i like, it's still badass. Like, look at, I, I, I'm still yet to read it. And our friend Seth always, re, like, always recommends it. But, uh, Midnighter. Yeah. Midnighter is apparently a ruthless, badass character mm-hmm. in this new series. I need to read Homosexual. That like, I, at first so, I was like, oh, the big thing. And one of the, and another big okay, thing to me is like, I've heard why, unless, unless, like, romances actually play a part in certain yeah. storylines. What does it matter? It shouldn't matter. Who they're having sex with. Like right. Right. Well, there's uh in the Young Avengers, you have Wiccan, which is the child of yeah, Wiccan Scarlet is, Witch Wiccan. and yeah. uh Hulkling, which is a young scrawl slash human hybrid baby. Homosexual. Uh but they're they are a gay couple in the Young yeah. Avengers. They are an openly gay couple mm-hmm. with each other. And it doesn't. It doesn't drag the story down. It doesn't lift the story up. It's just. It's a part of their story, and it works for them and the Young Avengers stories. I agree with. Uh, what does it matter if it doesn't affect the story? Yeah. But at the same time, it's there are characters, like I say, yeah. Captain America is just one of those characters that you you don't make. I mean, I totally see makes, both sides because you would have to make it a big deal. Absolutely, and it would have because to distract from whatever's going on. It, it, like I was just saying, like even if they, if some, if DC did the same thing with Batman or Superman, yeah, I mean, it, it would, it would be a big deal. Everybody would either love it, hate it, or you know, at well, least just be, everybody would be talking about it. it would and be and it deal. would be so, one of those things that would get eventually. They'd make, they'd have to make such a big deal out of it. 
to change Captain America into a homosexual. Yeah. yeah. They'd have to. They'd have to dedicate, like, a chunk of story to it. Uh, and with the stuff that's going on right now, that would just be out of nowhere, distracting and shit. And then it's just yeah. going to fall into the background because Captain America does not focus on relationships that much. No, no he yeah. doesn't. It, it, like, he is always off saving the fucking world from something. Um, that's why Captain America number one, I was surprised yeah. to see the little yeah, uh, ice scene. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> we'll take a break but for this. The thing yeah. is, like, some of these heroes, like you mentioned Batman, Captain America, like, if they were to take any of these heroes and be like, oh, they're gay now. These characters have been around for decades. For Some, 70 plus years. I was going to say, there are several that have been around character. for the better part of a and, century. Uh, you yeah. know, going and messing with these characters that have been set up and established, and this is who they are for this long, and then all of a sudden make a change like, okay, they're gay, or... Some of them, okay, now but this is a black hero, hero, or this, or whatever. Like, a lot of people got up in arms about they really Jane got Foster up. being Thor. They oh, got, they got real like, bad. when Marvel did and a I lot hated of the all-new, all So stuff, many of those people had not she's awesome. read that, right. that book, and, and it was so good. But that's what you'll get, is you'll get people who aren't going to read the stories anymore because of what happened. But they Even if say the stories it. are great... Well, it's, it goes right back to, like we were saying, Alan Scott, the Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Whenever whenever they came out that he was going to be a homosexual, people that was, I've been reading since I was, yeah, you know, I've been reading since the 60s, you know what I mean? I grew up on Alan Scott, like, how dare you, got pissed off, like, I'm never reading, I'm never reading DC Comics. Oh, they read it. Yeah. But if you were to read the Earth 2 story from, from New 52, mm-hmm. it was probably one of the best titles they had. I only read the first almost story arc of it, oh, and yeah. it was, the, the art in it was great, like, and it wasn't like, he wasn't extremely flamboyant, they, didn't, it, they barely touched on it, actually, it yeah. was just a mention, it wasn't, they didn't make a big deal about it, like, hell, in Bombshells, have you read, have I you read, read any of Bombshells? I read Bombshells. I read the first, uh, like, two issues, but right in the first issue, of course, and we all know that one, or Batwoman is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But right, right, you, I mean, right off the bat, they made it very plain that she was making out with her girlfriend and yeah. stuff. It was just like, you don't even necessarily need that. Just the mention, like they did in Earth 2, that Alan Scott has a boyfriend. Well, and before the New 52, was... like towards the end of the Detective Comics run, when they were focusing on Batwoman, yeah. um, that was one of her key story arcs. Because they wanted to show that she was having trouble keeping relationships going, and she's gay. So right there from the beginning... They're painting on the, oh, well, it's she's like the breaking up with this thing, chick yeah. right now because it's not working out. And then she starts dating this cop, uh, which also brings other elements into her life because she's Batwoman. She's secretly yeah. Batwoman. Now she's dating a cop. It's it's okay. a whole thing. But, yeah, it, it was one of those things that it played into the story really well for her. Well, so if, there, good. if there's so many characters like this that are homosexual, then why, like... Why, yeah, exactly. why the why the sudden urge like the sudden like because, urge for another one for because, because honestly that's the thing these these characters have been put in the spotlight and they've either been rejected or just overlooked exactly and so I think now it's now the comic reader is, fans fault yeah, they're like well really. now we're going to use these characters that we know everybody loves we're going to take the chance and and try to do, do like yeah okay well maybe. Well, Maybe we can try this, but Flash and Arrow still, did. we're never, we're never going to be happy as comic book fans, no matter Flash what. Flash and Arrow, exactly. I mean, well, it's true. In I, Flash, true. Uh, the police chief is gay, has a husband, open about it, all that. In Arrow, uh, mm-hmm. Sarah, I didn't know that. When mm-hmm. did that happen? Yeah. That's 
since day one. Yeah. Uh, in Arrow, uh, Sarah Lance, White Canary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's, she's <laughs> well, that, had, beautiful. She's Legend, Legend of Tomorrow, she and was. Then, oh, yeah. yeah. And then uh, on both Curtis, sides of the, the Felicity's Smart new yep. uh, assistant, is oh, yeah, getting yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that. Uh, yeah, Mr. Terrific, right? Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. going to be Mr. He should be Mr. Terrific. And, well, and they've, they, already, they, they've already had some of his gadgets and stuff. Yeah. That, and it. they've dropped a couple of... Uh, they've called him Terrific a couple of times. Yeah. So it, it was cool. <laughs> but, like, yeah. you, you get some nods like that towards the the gay the, community and all that. Yeah, just more... Di- well, and CW shows in general. They've yeah. Been, I, even though sometimes whenever companies do this whether it's with shows books comics movies whatever it is it seems like they're just shoehorning in to be like hey let's, let's try to please everybody but everything fits usually fits so well in the cw they, they do yeah. it they like do wally it. like wally yeah. west yeah they Iris. do it really good yeah mm-hmm. i know we did we didn't go over this in the meeting and i'm just now remembering it uh, <laughs> because i never wrote it down as a topic but uh since we're like talking this. about cw shows like this. um it. Uh, and chelsea i want Go ahead and get on this real quick because I heard that Tom Welling has agreed to do one appearance as Superman, not uh, Smallville related. Right? Yeah. No. Oh my God. Bob's I'm, freaking, I'm, out. I'm, I'm freaking out because <laughs> later we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about the Flash and the finale, and and Ben's actually gonna have to step out of the room because he's the only one that hasn't watched it. But there's something that happens in it that would Does make it so much sense. It would it 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 doesn't. But my theory. It could. Oh my god. It could. Okay, oh, alright, alright. We'll leave it at yeah. that, because I'm getting caught uh, up tomorrow. I'm finally getting caught up on the CW-verse tomorrow. Okay, well, uh, well maybe maybe next episode we can touch on just a bit. Just a bit yeah. Because since... uh, I'll be finally... Yeah, yeah. Most of yeah. should, should have finished up by then. Uh, but yeah, I heard Tom Welling is supposed to be uh, doing just the one appearance. Like, he's is like one and done. Is it Supergirl, or in like... Uh, it, I, it didn't say. Well, there there there, there is say. a big four show crossover okay. coming yeah. in on CW with Legends, Arrow, Supergirl, and Flash. And so it might happen. Then. Well, that's the that's the headline because I've heard, I've heard him address the possibility and like that was always well he's open to the idea but he doesn't really know to what capacity and well, they haven't asked him yet. Tom Willing, Tom Willings went on got a record before saying that like he he, he wasn't trying to be character. Yeah, well, he wasn't type trying cast, to fall into the like. Superman curse. Yes, yeah. and uh, but Brandon what has he is done? proof that that is yeah. bullshit. What has Tom Welling done since Smallville? Uh, he's done a couple cheaper by cheaper the by dozen. dozen. Two. He, there's a newer <laughs> there's a newer movie coming out, or that's already out. It's been out for a couple years now. Uh, it's some it's it's a football movie. I know he's in that because he's still getting work. Uh, JD JD, JD uh, drafting. Beckham's brother JD. Mm. Huge Superman fan, huge Smallville fan, so he loves Tom Welling. He's also been in uh, he's been in one or two other movies since then, but like smaller roles, nothing. Yeah. Draft nothing Day, too. Parkland, Draft Day Dozen, The Choice, which is doing it this year. Um, yeah, he still know. gets work. The fog. And if you follow him on Instagram, like the pictures he posts, he's still got money. So oh, I don't yeah. know if he invested that somewhere <laughs> or if like it's because of the work that he is getting. How awesome would it be that if they did? If, if all this is true and Tom Willing is coming as Superman, whether it's a Smallville Superman or not, yeah. they touch out to Michael Rosenbaum and bring him in as Lex. Oh, my God. What if, it, what if it leads to, like, 
because we haven't had a Lex Luthor in Supergirl yet. What if it leads to Lex Luthor as the new villain of the new season of Supergirl, and it's Michael me. Rosamond, and it's just the greatest thing. Um, because <laughs> because yeah. I would just I would it's just take life. a bunch of money okay. and just throw that, that is CW definitely not going That's to happen, happen. especially no, because but... of his Michael Rosamond's already got. I think uh, we will uh, take out stock. Pretty tight yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely would. But no, that would be great. But I know that um, one thing I know is that if they do do this, it's not going to be Smallville related, unless he's come, unless he's coming from a separate universe from Supergirl and a separate universe from the Flash and all that. Yeah. Because uh, they have made reference to Superman's life on Supergirl, and it is in no way yeah, related. Not the the only reference they've made to Smallville was the Flash crossover episode. Which was so good. Um, but Cat Grant is trying to give Barry Allen uh, a name. Like, she's trying to name this new superhero in town, and yeah. she's like, I like the blur. We're going to call him the yeah. blur. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Um, and then she also makes reference to their ethnic diversity. <laughs> she's like, it's like a bad CW show. <laughs> and she's like, oh, it was so great. Um, but, anyways, yeah, uh, I heard that rumor. I really hope it's true. God, I want Tom Welling in that suit. Because that's the only thing. I watched Smallville from season one to season ten for ten years straight, um, waiting for that suit, which we got in the last episode. I even sat through season eight, which was hard, because that <laughs> Doomsday storyline is so bad. I've got a... I finished season seven. I haven't went any further. So <laughs> yeah. I think it might be a good... Um, but yeah... I sat through all that for just a little bit, and that's all you get is just a little bit of him in that suit, and he does the whole run and pops open the shirt, kind of like the, ass, the whole thing. First episode of Supergirl. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it like, first and I was so I was so satisfied with that little bit that I got, and now that it's been like the latter half of a decade since that went <laughs> off the air, I'm I'm starting to get that craving like. We never got him in the suit, really. Yeah. And so and this would what be I've the heard, greatest payoff. And from what I've heard, Tom Welling in the suit in that last episode is actually Brandon Routh, and they, like... I, I heard that, what? too, because they, they the, suit, head on. the suit that they showed that whole uh, last season, because they it showed was, the yeah, suit it was earlier the in the season, Returns. was, yeah, the yeah. Superman Returns costume, and uh, so, yeah, I heard that, too. So it would just be great yeah. to have him in this costume. Still, um, that's okay. <laughs> it's it's probably just a rumor. Uh, like There's I feel no like they would have made bigger rumors. No, they haven't made the, made up their mind yet. But anyways, I, I figured it was three interviews and But um, since we're while we're still on the subject of CW shows and stuff, <laughs> let's talk about something that um Kevin Smith said about the Flash. Um, because he recently directed an episode that aired um Which recently. Was... Uh, so good. Yeah, I, so I've heard good. great. I'm so excited. I'm not gonna lie. Up. I teared up, dude. Of course, it's a Kevin Smith <laughs> episode, but man, it was, yeah, it was. Um, so but yeah, he uh, he was talking about the Flash and um, reading the script and everything, and he start he goes off in a little tangent praising the writers of the Flash because he says that. Um, and this was on his podcast, Batman and Batman. Give him a little nod. We're not sponsored or anything, but yeah. Um, well, but he says that the writers are always a step ahead, that they know where they're going, that they don't just do it episode by episode, make it up as they go. Um, and I love that. I think that's what works for The Flash so much. Um, 
because they treat it like the Marvel Cinematic Universe does. Uh, who was it that was in charge of... Uh, Kevin Feige. Kevin uh, Feige. Kevin Feige. I don't know. Feige. Yeah, we're terrible with Feige. this. But, uh, it looks like it's called like Feige. I'm so sorry. I'm say Kevin the way Feige. that they treat the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe, where they're thinking, uh, where they're thinking about uh, Phase 3 and Phase 4 while they're in Phase 2, uh, and obviously things change because they, they got the rights to Spider-Man, and then they immediately changed an entire chunk of the Civil War. I story. still feel like they were they were partially I think, prepared for that. Yeah, I think they, they had, had something like yeah, they had yeah. a Spider-Man backup story ready, or at the very least, like a good storyboard already laid out, and they knew like yeah, yeah we are, I have, mean, if we still, do happen to get him, we can still squeeze him in. But if we don't have to have production a little bit, like because that was some of the story that was going on. They were like, yeah. well, filming's going to go on a little longer now because now we have to retool some stuff, but. Even if they had a backup, it's still they were they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Like and and they've now fit Spider Man into this whole universe that they, they already had planned. Um, and I think that's so great. I think that's why the Flash is probably the greatest superhero show on TV right now. Absolutely, it's I've been saying that for a while. It, it, it feels very very seamless. Mm-hmm. Whereas, granted, I I still really enjoy the Arrow. I don't I don't miss an episode. Uh, it, but it has its moments where it feels choppy. It feels because, like a, sometimes it feels like a chore to watch it. Too. Yeah, because sometimes it gets really good spots, and then that's a lot like Agents yeah. of Shield for me. It, yeah. It's like you, you've got to wait like a whole seven episodes before you really get to the stuff. Before it hits a, a good stride. Yeah, and that's that is kind of Agents of Shield's thing is they do a lot of setup for the season at the beginning of the yeah. season, but then ah, after that it. <laughs> takes off. Well, they don't. They could just let the entire last season set up the next season, and and vice versa. Like, do in interesting shit while setting up the next interesting shit. <laughs> and and going back to the show we're talking about, yeah. Um, and going back to Kevin Smith, he's actually said it on a few podcasts that what the thing I love about Flash. I mean, he he said it, but I feel exactly the same way. The thing I love about Flash is that it literally feels like a comic book in live action mm-hmm. like they do there's an overall story arc like each each season is a story arc but within that story arc each issue or episode there's side stories like you know king shark coming in or um, whatever the villain of the week is but there's but it's still it still ties into the big yeah, story i, I not, agree to to an extent um but like uh like what we were talking about with batman versus superman mm-hmm. uh about one of the reasons it's not critically uh, accepted is because it, it abandons the movie three-act structure, structure and it, it plays out like yeah. a comic book. I don't get that feeling from The Flash. No, it no, plays no, out no. like a CW show. It, it does. <laughs> exactly. But, but as, as far as staying in that CW format, yeah. it's it's For... very comic booky, especially compared to something like Arrow. Granted, Legends of Tomorrow is very is is kind of their it's superhero kind of meets Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. Type, but it's honestly, it's I, still, I still thoroughly enjoy it. I, I feel like it's, I feel like the payoffs. Are you caught up on it? I think I have. I'm, I think I'm maybe an episode behind. This last episode was good. It. I feel like there's another episode at least. There, ha- there has to. Have been it, I say, it, feel, it feels like the payoff is not going to be as great as it, it should. That's be. what I'm afraid but, of. But yes, back to. Back well, to yeah, they. Um, I, well, I feel like th- this. Hopefully starts off a chain reaction like people will start to see this is how you do it this is what's working for marvel this is what's working for the flash and hope arrow arrow takes um 
point on this. And more importantly, I hope the DC films, Warner yes. Brothers, I, I hope they take this approach. And with them bringing on Jeff Johns, which we're going to talk about much later in the podcast. Um, but yeah, with them bringing in Jeff Johns, and like I said, this being a more and more uh, evident thing, hopefully we start getting some progress on the other things. Like yeah. like the Marvel um, animated movies. Uh, Chelsea, you asked me what I thought about the Spider-Man film, and I, uh, the Spider-Man animated film starring mm-hmm. Miles Morales. Uh, Miles Morales. Morales. Um, yeah, I'm not too invested. I think it's a cool idea, but Marvel's animated movies are where DC's live action movies yeah. are, and vice versa. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, watched, I've watched a few uh, Marvel animated movies. They're enjoyable. I, They're I not like bad. Them, but yeah. something about DC's, though, is it feels more motion picture like and yeah, dedicated to the books. Set. Yes, yeah. yes, definitely. Whereas um, you turn around, give me, give me the good old '90s X-Men and Spider-Man. And I'm <laughs> yeah. Uh, and those, uh, well, the X-Men not so much, but Spider-Man kind of did its own thing. It was like, oh, there's stuff in the comics. We'll we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll toss that in might, there. We might touch it. We'll get uh, oh, here's Venom. We can we can <laughs> use him forever. <laughs> okay. Um, let's go ahead and get into the, uh, the meat. <laughs> of our nerdy obsessions, and that's comic book. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and start with, uh, we all know that DC had are bringing back the Hanna-Barbera characters in kind of the, a new feel, all, completely in general. They're reimagining the Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and talk about Scooby Apocalypse, because who doesn't like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and in spite of what everybody was uh, was whining and complaining about on online whenever the first Jim Lee cover was was uh, first released, this book, man, I was a little iffy on it. I like I like Jim Lee's art. I like the reimagining of the characters. I wasn't too keen on, like, Scooby has this goggles with, like, that talks in emojis and stuff. Yeah. I thought that's how he was going to talk, was instead of, like, row, row, he was just going to talk in emojis. I'm like, don't do this. <laughs> but the more and more, while I was waiting on this book to come out, I was got more and more excited for it. But after actually reading this, I think I am in love. Really? And I have full faith if any of the other books, even just one other title, is as cool and interesting as this, at least to me, then I'm, I'm going to start picking them I, all I don't up, think there will be. Like, I mean, uh, what, what's the other one? Future all right, we, well, we've got the Flintstones, and that's going that, to that's yeah. supposed to be just realistic. Uh, what's her name? It's supposed to be that was on Harley, Harley Quinn. Uh, uh, Connor? Uh, Amanda, right, Amanda Connor. Connor. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I'm not. Her, uh, it I looks very Harley Quinnish. You know. Right. Um, I get. Yeah, I'm we not also too have, excited uh, for was it Space <laughs> Quest? Uh, Future Quest. Future Quest. Thank you. Future uh, Quest has Jenny Quest, and it has everybody's face. I'm hoping it'll revive faith in these What's the one that looks like Death Race? Uh, Wacky Racers. Wacky Racers, thank you. And, and I don't know shit about that. No, but it looks sweet. So I, like, this, I, the only I used to call the main one that I was interested in. This is in. the only one so far where they're really reimagining it. The rest, they're probably just going to update. Yeah. This one, I mean, this one is still, at the core of it, is still Scooby and the gang. This is their, their, This is where they all meet. Or at least Scooby and Shaggy are already together. Yeah. But... And which is funny because at the end, kind of like the Power Ranger comic stuff, they have a little mini story, a few pages in the back. But at the end of this one, it shows uh, the meeting of, of Shaggy and Scooby first time. Oh, cool. And it's kind of cute. Well, I'll go ahead and get started with it. Uh, we start out with Daphne, and she's on 
That's Velma. That's Velma. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I already <laughs> fucked like, I love this book. Yes, I don't know anyone. Right <laughs> I don't know who these characters are. What is this? Flintstones? I don't know. Uh, all right. So it's Velma in Paris one year prior. She has this weird green device and keeps talking about how essentially the end of days are, are upon us. That they're She kind of sounds crazy to be quite honest. Um, talks about how she and other people are destroying the planet. Like, her and specifically a few other people. And next page we jump into is, it's almost like a, uh, I can't remember what they call it, but it's almost like a, a Day of the Dead type festival. Everybody's dressed up in weird, crazy, it's almost, almost like a rave in the streets. I was saying, that kind of looks like a rave going on. Yeah, yeah it's a, I'm not really sure what, what it was called. Like, this is why I need to take notes. <laughs> but we have Daphne talking to Fred, and Daphne is a reporter, of all things. She has a uh, like a like an unsolved mysteries. Isn't that what they made her in uh, in the movie? Like, because the movie I don't really remember much. The movie, the movie starts out with them solving their last mystery. They all have a fight, go their separate ways, and then when we re meet them, I think Daphne is like a TV reporter. I, I'm not sure, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Well, she but she has a show that just, like kind of touches on like like Bigfoot and monsters and okay. you know unsolved mysteries. And Fred's her cameraman. Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's, that's exactly yeah. what okay. they did in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're talking about that they have uh, they got they got some information from from somebody they don't even know who it is. They got a meeting point they got to get to, and Fred is just a wuss in this. He he's, he's kind of a he's yeah, but I mean he's a big sissy in this. Yeah, so they're pretty much talk about that they need to meet up with their informant, and then at the same festival we see Shaggy and Scoop, and they're looking for food. Obviously, that's what they always do, um, and they're. There, he keeps talking to Scooby about taking him out of the complex, how he shouldn't be out of the complex. So there, there, there's some kind of base that we know that Scooby and Shaggy are at. Scooby keeps giving him shit and keeps kind of giving him the cold shoulder because apparently there's some goggles that helps him communicate called emoto goggles. And yeah, they pop up with little emoticons and stuff, little emojis. Scooby still talks. He still does his, his, his normal rut rows and everything else, but he also has these little emojis, like when they're talking about what they want to eat. Uh, Shaggy's naming off like we can have a te- we can have Indian food, Chinese, and he's like Scooby's like no pizza, and then like little pizza emoticons come up. <laughs> <Rep-a-ro. Aww. laughs> so like, All right, well, let's let's go uh, let's go find it. Let's go find a place to get some pizza. Next page is Velma at a at a lab essentially, and there there's a. Uh, there's a worker at the lab that's surveilling Shaggy and Scooby, saying that I don't know if uh, the last names of all the the whole gang has ever been announced prior, but they give real names in all these. I'm not going to try to track them down because I did not take notes. But uh, Scooby, Scooby, Scooby Doo is his nickname. His technical name is Number Two Four Six O Two, and he is an experiment. He's the first of his kind of. A smart dog like they they implant him with uh with like a language chip a communication yeah. chip that's how he's able to actually talk you know what i mean say his rut rows and stuff but they said that he's never he never progressed past like the speech level of about a toddler that's why it's not very clear uh. it's kind of choppy you know and the the smart dogs they were developed for uh for the military cold-blooded killers that they could essentially uh control and we wind up finding out that that velma is one of the head honcho scientists at this complex at this lab and she goes and tells this worker that don't worry about calling in anybody to come retrieve you mean shaggy and scoop because no one's going to notice them look at this festival 
no one's going to notice this hippie guy with tattoos and a dog wearing emoji goggles. Like, just leave him be. Like, he knows how to handle this dog. And come find out, Shaggy actually has almost like a, like a sixth sense when it comes to the dogs. He's able to communicate with them, and he's actually just a dog trainer for this program of smart oh. dogs. That's how, you know, I mean, he wanted to be in with Scoop. Hmm. And as we progress, we find out that Velma is the informant for Daphne and, and Fred, and she's pretty much going to be selling out this, this complex. And the program is called Project uh, Elysium, this special, you know, I mean, Black Ops type project that go into here in a little bit. The next panels we have is uh, we have Daphne and Fred sitting in the desert waiting for their informant, which, like I just said, was Velma. And they're arguing about, uh, Daphne, Daphne keeps trying to make herself sound better, saying she was uh, a Pulitzer Prize winner, and Freddie's like telling her, like, no, you never won the prize. Well, I could if I if I stuck around, but I didn't want to sell out to the mainstream. I want to be, oh, you know, I mean, on the inside and expose all the lies. He's like, well, wouldn't it have been better if you were in the mainstream so you can get behind the scenes? Like, keeps giving her shit, and, and he keeps talking about pretty much, like, he's always looking out for her. He's always trying to, like, make sure that she's safe. So in the midst of this argument, these little metal arms pull up a boulder, which is an exit from the complex, and Velma's coming out. Fred freaks out, thinks they're mole people coming out, <laughs> throws his camera at Velma, knocks her the fuck out. <laughs> and, and, and Daphne's trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. That is such a on. great Fred, panel. It is. And Fred's talking about, don't you remember the mole people that we talked about, like that that we did the, the episode on? Because now uh, they were talking about... Uh, they used to be on a on a good network, had good viewings, and then they kept getting knocked down to to worse hours. I mean, mm -hmm. and now they're on a knitting channel at like four a.m. <laughs> they're like so only old women with insomnia are the only ones that notice us. <laughs> so whenever we saw uh, whenever we saw Shaggy at that same festival, he was like, "Isn't I think that's the woman that's on that mystery show that my grandma watches? Man, she can never get any sleep." You know? like, <laughs> so so they. The show that they do, apparently they did a an episode of Mole People, and Fred's still terrified. Then we have we, we cut back to Shaggy and Scoob trying to get their pizza, and the only pizza place they can find only serves, like, gluten-free, like, tofu cheese and no mayo sauce, and just pretty much a an all-gluten-free all type pizza. And That's not pizza. No. And Scooby is pissed. <laughs> and apparently with, uh, with Scooby's goggles... He's able to, if there's some kind of distress from one of the these doctors, which Velma's one of them, he gets an alert that she's in trouble and goes in fucking attack mode and just runs off. Shaggy starts starts chasing. They go out of panel. Cut back to uh, to Velma getting slapped by Fred trying to wake her up. Daphne's telling him, like, don't you just hit her in the fucking head? Like, don't slap her. Don't make it worse. And he's like, well, it happens all the time in the movies. And the it's, it's not the fucking movies to quit slapping her. So they're sitting there arguing. I'm just trying all to protect that... you from mole people. So they're still sitting here arguing about the mole people, how he's trying to protect her. And while they're arguing, Velma wakes up, trying to tell them, like, you know, I mean, you guys really fucking suck at hellos. Like, why don't we calm down? Let's talk about this. Let's, you know, I mean, don't worry about it. They hear her growl. Look over, and next next page we see Scooby in fucking full attack mode, looking beast as shit. I've never seen Scooby Doo <laughs> look terrifying. Yeah, he's not that guy. No. Fred thinks it's a werewolf. 
And I mean that's when that's when Velma informs him, like, no, it's Scooby, it's one of our uh, he he sees you as a threat because Man, they were attacking. really pumping de- uh, rebirth ads every, yeah, yeah. every page. <laughs> of course the centerfold is the big you know, I mean DC universe yeah. rebirth. But uh Belmo calms down Scoob, Shaggy runs up and realizes that uh Velma's there. Velma's one of the doctors he knows sees her there all the time, knows that she's a big wig, pretty much says like, Wait a minute, you never leave the complex, like what are you doing here with, with the smoking hot babe from Myst- Mysterious Mysteries? That's the name of the show. <laughs> and Velma gets pissed off for calling her a smoking hot babe because it is it is profoundly offensive. <laughs> and uh, offers him an autograph instead for some reason. <laughs> uh, no, so they finally agree, let's go down here to the complex. We'll, I'll show you everything we're talking about. And Velma goes into, this is where... I'm probably going to mess up a little bit because this is all the crazy details. But essentially, this program that they created has these um, uh, nanobots, these microscopic machines that they were supposed to pretty much take out like the the hate out of people's emotions. Like, you know, I mean, how shitty we are to people and yeah. like violence and stuff. It's kind of like trying to chill out the human race a little bit so we didn't wind up destroying each other. And come to find out that these the scientists behind this program, which I'm still not 100% sure if Velma is one of those scientists or she just worked on the program. Because she mentions, she always mentions four. She slips up once and almost says five and then corrects herself and says four again. But she finds out that these nanobots, instead of actually helping out, are really just going to pacify the human race and pretty much use them as slaves. But instead, it's... I'm pretty sure she, what she was saying was that it was malfunctioning to the point where, like, now now the human race is at stake, and we are essentially upon the apocalypse days. Like, they've, they've fucked up something, and they, they still have yet to really explain what it is yet in this issue, but they, there's something going on where it's the end of days. Like, we are in some serious shit. While she's walking around... Showing them this complex, about to bring them down to what she calls the safe room, which is where those four scientists will be sealed off whenever these nanobots get get dispersed. Shaggy's arguing with her, trying to tell her, like, I've, I've worked in this this complex for years, and there's no such room, there's no such thing. Like, we, we, we train dogs here for the military. There is no weaponizing of things besides these dogs. Until they get to the point where Shaggy's looking around saying, wait a minute, I've, I've never been in this spot before. Like, what the fuck? Like, okay, apparently you're right. And and as soon as they get down to to the room, to the safe room, power completely goes out, and the countdown for these nanobots to pretty much do their thing goes into effect. And the only way that can go into effect is if all four, or possibly five, like I said, of these scientists all put in their code at the same exact time, pretty much like a missile launch. Like, they all have yeah. to do it, and there, she said there's, like, thousands of fail-safes, so there's no way this could be done unless those scientists are the ones that initiated it. So that's the very end of the issue, and the very next page, whenever the, whenever the lights go off, they ask him, they ask Velma, the power's out, is that a good thing or a bad thing? She goes, I wish I knew Miss Blake, talking to Daphne. And so I wish I knew in the very next page, I'm not, I don't think this is Earth, I think this is this whatever new dimension or whatever they fucked up and got access to, but there's a werewolf, there's... Essentially, like creature from the Black Lagoon. There's an actual wolf, mummy, mu- all kinds of monsters and demons, and all kinds of crazy shit going on. <laughs> so many people so to take many. masks off of. 
And then, like I said, at the very end of the book, we get the we get the meeting of Shaggy and Scooby. And this is three years prior to to the events and the main story. And it takes place at the complex. Shaggy is, like I said, he's a low rent dog trainer that has almost a sixth sense with dogs. He's a like the, he's pretty much the alpha male. He is Chris Pratt in Jurassic World with the Lost Raptors. That's he he says heal they fucking heal. And he's getting walked around. Uh, and, there's, and this doctor, the scientist, whatever, has explained to him about the smart dog program. And they get to they get to the kennel, and they're explaining that that Shaggy is patient one. He was the very first smart dog, but he's he never had the killer instincts because you know he's such a big sweetheart, big softy. Mm-hmm. He never had the killer instincts that he wanted, so he's essentially a failure in that in that program. Scooby. So yeah, Scooby is. So essentially, every dog after that they they got. I mean, were were the good dogs? That's what they that's what they were going for. These killing machines. Scooby never got to that point. So Scooby is down in this kennel with these dogs that have like spiked armor, those crazy goggles and everything. They're in like battle armor essentially. And Scooby's not. He's bare ass. And they start tearing the fuck out of him. They start attacking Scooby because they know that he's the weaker dog out of all of them. The the scientist is about to disperse a a sedative, but in mid sentence, Shaggy says "fuck you," runs down there and literally yells at the dogs, "back the hell off." They kind of growl at him. He does the Chris Pratt, puts up his hands, says now, points out, he's like, you heard me, you heard me. And they, they step back and they heal. And then the, the, the scientist comes out and tells him, like, that was fucking reckless, but extremely impressive. Yeah. He's like, but, I mean, since we're, we're just going to go ahead and let's go ahead and terminate the dog because it's better than what he's having to go through. Shaggy convinces him to let me, let me try it with him. And if I, and the, the scientist says, well, if you can, if you can get him, at least to the point where, like, he's he will fall good in this program. We'll keep him around, like, as long as you can keep them from tearing you apart and the dog apart, then, you know, I mean, you can get a raise. Like, I can even get a raise? No, not at all. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, personal injuries are not covered, you know, I mean, from the program <laughs> because you should have read that 200-page <laughs> contract that you signed. But, yeah, I think all in all, I'm, I thoroughly, fucking thoroughly enjoy this story. I love this read. And yeah. I, uh, That's really cool. I'm really looking at, well looking forward to the others. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, All right. Well, okay. Now I need to read mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Odal. Uh, let's go into. I guess you're going with Renato Jones. Yeah. the The first book I'm going to talk about this week it's Renato Jones, The One Percent, and this is created, written, drawn, colored, and owned by. Care Kyle Andrews, uh, which was the same person who worked on Iron Fist: The Living Weapon. I feel like she she was just like she had a team and they kept like she's like you know what I got this you guys all fucked it up <laughs> or just done like a Scotty Young with uh, Buck Fairland. Yeah, like, this is my personal story. Like this is how I want the art to look yeah. like. This is, uh, yeah. So first issue we come in we're we're introduced to our character Renato Jones. Uh, he's at a fancy mansion birthday party, and he walks away with someone who brings him a slice of his birthday cake and says, you have everything you could ever want. And he says, not everything. And yeah. turns out it's a dude. Chelsea just <laughs> Yeah. You kept saying know. that. I was like, I she. I'm like, yeah. with, with a name of, like, Kyle. Canadian. It's Canadian. But uh, so we we go to a flashback of Renato as a young child, 
And the way these flashbacks are is they're all black and white. They're very uh, ex- exclamatory. Yeah. Ooh, that is that, that a nice word. word. It is. Yeah, I think I, it's, it's the word I'm using. I would have stumbled all over that. But we see like him seeing his mom falling down on the floor with a crazy person with a shotgun in the background and just the look of terror on his mom's face the look of terror on his face he drops his teddy bear and in the background of everything you just see the word blam spread across two pages so his mom's been killed or Uh, he has stormtrooper type aiming and hit the wall (laughs) instead something sorry never mind so I only brought one around after that flashback we go to a huge yacht in the Caribbean Sea. And we see Renato getting off of a helicopter onto this guy's boat called the Apex. Now, the the, the guy's yacht that he's getting onto really overuses the word dude. Like, e- almost every sentence he's, he uses the word dude. I'm like, this is genius. Just the way the way it's all written out, like you just really kind of hate how fake this guy is. <laughs> and so he gets on the boat, and he's saying, "You know, glad you found a reason to make the trip. Cameron will show you to your room. She's my favorite new thing." And it's talking about how he can, this guy can own a lot and do everything, just like anyone can, as long as you're prepared to pay for it. And so we go in, they're eating dinner, and Renato bumps into one of the wait staff. And he's like, this is a thousand dollar shirt. What's this clumsy pig doing on your staff? So the the guy whose boat he gets on, he's like, dudes, escort Cameron off the ship. She's killing our butt. So his favorite new thing, he just had his security just take off of the boat via helicopter and she's begging him, saying she needs this job to feed her kids and all this and that. And he's like, they're not even people anyway. Oh. Is what the guy is, the guy who's uh, boat it is. Yeah. Huh. The asshole. The yeah. dude guy. Let's call him yeah. asshole. We're going to call him the dude guy. The dude asshole. The dude asshole. The dude asshole. So <laughs> we come over and we see just Renato Jones. And we see a white outline. It's all black and white. It's, it's kind of how the, the blam... How yeah, back just like that was. And it's it's explaining <laughs> Renato's outlook on what he just witnessed was an incredibly shitty thing. Yeah. Pissed him off, and he's like, who will make them pay? And then one of the things I really have to point out is because this book is completely owned by Andrews, there's no ads. Oh All of God. the ads are like, they're like expensive perfume ads. But this one says, comic books for the super rich, Renato Jones. That is so awesome. And that's how every, like, ad page in the book is. It's great. So we come back after that splash page, and we're seeing people are dead on this boat. Just left and right, people are dead. So Renato, asshole dude, and Ming Ming, a maid, are running through the halls trying to find a safe place to go. So they find, apparently, he has this giant safe room vault in his boat. 
which is ridiculous. The boat itself is huge. And this giant safe room. And Renato kicks the maid out of the room. So they think they're being chased by this guy. And he kicks the maid out of the room saying, you don't belong here. Uh, so asshole is commending him for kicking her out because they're not even people anyway. Uh, not at $10 an hour. They're not real people. Hey, I make $10 an hour. Right? Yeah. So I'm a real boy. Turns out they're kind of in this guy's little sex dungeon. Huh? Yeah, like oh. there's video cameras, oh, God, stirrups, yeah. chains, Mine too. all sorts of stuff. <laughs> so we're all back in. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so while the asshole is watching the oh. the monitors for the guy going around the ship killing people, oh. uh, he's looking at this stuff with kind of a look of disgust on his face. Renato is. Ah, nah. And. Yeah. They see a, a blurry image of the guy who's been killing people, and he's like, they call him the freelancer because no one knows who the fuck he works for. So from there we go to a busy city street. This is kind of another flashback, but in color. Uh, busy city street of a kid running on the tops of cars, uh, talking about Indonesia is a place where you don't have to hide unless you have a reason. So... This kid's running on top of cars away from the cops because he's apparently stolen something. He he gets under into a, a hiding place with his family. A, appears to be his family. And they ask where the drugs were. And the boy says, I threw them away. So the guy stands up and he's like, the little shit's over here. What kind of reward do I get? And they shoot the guy in the head. Like, the cops just shoot the guy in the head when he announces the kid is over there. And then they turn around and shoot the woman, too. So Because the woman was trying to protect him. They shot the woman. So they, they take the boy in. And here we have another ad. Luxury. You'll pay for it. Renato Jones. And I love that. They're just like classy perfume cool. ads. Yeah. And they it even shows a little bottle of perfume on there. With oh, the, I love that. With the Renato Jones. Yeah. Logo. So, so they take him to the police station. They're they're grilling him. They're like, "Who are you? Tell us who you are. You know, we're trying to give you another chance." And they tell him two choices: we take cash or you take bullet. Like, they're trying to either get money out of him or they're going to kill him. And he looks between them at the wall of missing people posters and sees himself on that wall. So the, the child is Renato Jones, who apparently ran away after his mother was killed. So this old guy shows up, uh, Mr. Church, to take him home. And they're on a plane... Uh, he's apologizing and condolences for not having been there. And they get home and they drive through the gates of the Jones estate. And this old, weird, fat lady grabs Renato Jones and hugs him, like, straight in between her tits. Like, he's, like, being suffocated at this point. And she says she's going to take him in for a big bowl of vanilla ice cream. And she gets him in there, and he says, Vanilla makes me rich. 
Like, he's starting to remember a few things about when he was still living here and rich. So, they go in and he's looking around where he used to live. And he says, I'm not taken to a room, but a crypt. And the sound of death is lifeless because he's back in his room that hasn't been changed since he left. From there, we flash back to present day on the boat. And the asshole guy has recorded every single venture that he has had with people in that safe room. <laughs> and, I mean, because why wouldn't you? Well, uh, he's talking about, where is it at? The, some of the different things that he has recorded, things that are very uh, not appropriate. And apparently he hurts the people that he's with. Like, Oh yeah, well that's not cool. Incredibly if no hurts. If there's no consent, it's not cool. Exactly. Uh, but then the guy's watching the video feed, notices something's wrong, something's off. He says something's wrong with the time code, dude. Uh, and at Renato's watching the voices in it, or the videos in the background saying the voices are pleading. Uh, the sounds of torture are international. And the guy's like, this video is from 20 minutes ago. I'm not live. And by this point, Renato has put a mask on, and he says, not for long. Scares the piss out of the guy. Like, and... literally? Oh, never mind. Not, <laughs> and, like, you, you just video, see so. these Renato's menacing eyes. They're... The Ooh. mask on this, it, it is just cut, like, very thin like slits for the eyes. Slit, yeah. uh, Which is creepy. Yeah. I like it. And so he he tells him, you know, dozens of undocumented workers, people, your employees have been disappearing for years, young women, mothers, daughters, and you take advantage of them. So you can tell he's winding up for the kill as he, he's holding just a fistful of these SD cards from the videos this guy's made. The guy asks him, you know, what's it going to take for you not to kill me? Who are you working for? I'll double their price. Everything has a price. What's yours? So we pan back to years prior, the boy back in the mansion in bed. The old lady with the creepy glasses and the big boobs. Everything's just disproportionate about this woman. Love it. Sneaks into the room, Mm -hmm. fires a shotgun at the bed where it looks like he's laying. Oh. But from where he's been sleeping on the streets for so many years, he couldn't get comfortable on the bed, so he was sleeping underneath of it. Mm. Uh, And it says, turning away from comfort and luxury saved my life that moment. I'll remember that. So she flings the bed away from him with unnatural strength for a lady of her age. And glares at him and says, try to take my money, how dare you, tries to fire another shot at him and smacks him halfway across the room. We go back to the yacht and the asshole guy apparently has a watch that turns him into the Hulk. Really? Yeah, like, just straight it's like, up. It's like yeah. Bane. It's like Bane. More like, 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 kind of looks like Bane. You know, he pumps the venom. Oh, yeah. It was watch and injects it. Yeah, because you see, like, he, he does something to his watch and it goes splurt, foosh, and he just grows into this giant Hulk, starts beating the hell out of Renato Jones. And so Renato's, like, jumping around, doing all sorts of stuff, trying to evade him. 
And the guy grabs Renato's gun, which is almost like a gun blade pistol, shoves it in his face. Oh. Like like a Final Fantasy VIII type thing? Like yeah. Like, uh... Oh, okay. Actually, Ooh, I like that. More, more of a Gears of War. Like, yeah. 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 Looking yeah. Bottom, so, the guy rips it out of his hands and shoves it in Renato's face. So, we... Now, like, we're doing a lot of jumping back and forth during this fight. Yeah. So it pans back to the old lady trying to kill Renato as a kid, and it looks like Oogie Boogie on the wall. It really like it's, it's, it's the shadow of That's the woman exactly on the I wall. That's exactly what I thought. That or uh, it's like a boogeyman. Uh, what's the, the Pokemon's name? Uh, haunting. Haunting. Haunt, you mean Haunting? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or not Gasly. Not Gasly. Uh, Gengar. Gengar. Yeah. Kind of a mix Haunter of Haunter and Gengar. Yeah. Gengar is the one that's like. Uh, second second evolution. Haunter. Haunter. That's what it meant. So like space. So she's trying to kill him and screaming about how she killed his mom. And, or, no, she didn't say that. She was talking about rat whores shitting out little germs like you. He's like, you don't talk about her. And so she, she goes on to call her a whore again. And he screams, you don't talk about her and punches her in the gut. You don't talk about my mama. So she doubles over. Drops the shotgun, and the shotgun goes off in the lady's face. Oh, my God. Like, straight through. And she falls down on the gun. The gun goes through her fucking head. <laughs> and then we see the old man, Mr. Church, uh, standing here in the door. He's like, this is restitution. Grandma Jones didn't hire a gunman to murder her own son. She did it herself. So, Grandma was the scary image those years you know, yeah. prior trying to kill him and everyone in there. And so, Church was telling him, you know, you can't just hide from all of this. This is who you are. You have to do something about it. Everything has a price. Go earn it. So, we go back to the fight. Renato, with the mask on, huge-ass smile on his face, wraps chains around the guy's neck realizes that there's got to be some kind of tech doing this, smashes his watch, and then comes over here and tells him his time has come to pay for what he's done. Uh, These are your crimes, the cost of your restitution. And the guy's like, dude, they're not even people. Like, trying to back up his own case by saying they're not even people. And the... The big splash page here is black and white Renato with the gun in the guy's mouth saying, choke on this, which is apparently the catchphrase for Renato Jones. Yeah. It's his yippee-ki-yay motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. And so after the kill, we just see him kind of slink back into the darkness and saying, it's time to expand the hunt. So So we see panels of other people, like someone's shit is being moved out of their home. Uh, she's basically being kicked out by the what do you call it? slumlord? Slumlord, landlord. Slumlord is the derogatory term for a landlord who has a shitty property. Okay, well, like yeah. a rich ass guy kicking someone out, and <laughs> the the movers carry this lady's kid out and hand it to her, and you see Renato Jones coming down out of the moonlight saying they won't escape me and it just goes into q a from there and uh, a preview for the next and we end on another ad 
of a naked woman up against a man in a tux for another comic book ad what's, for Ronaldo What's Jones. that in the pocket of his, his tux issue. jacket? That would be <laughs> Ronaldo Jones issue number one. <laughs> so all of these ads it. have issue number one in them. That's so great. So, Perfume's called restitution. Like, I loved the art, <laughs> the story. Everything about this was just entertaining from start to finish for me. Uh, some of the dry moments were the flashbacks yeah. where you don't really... You get just a backstory. It is. It, it sets up the character for future books, and I think I, I'm excited for it. Okay. It's a Kari, Kyle, I Andrews. It. I I I was should have bought it. You should have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The reason but... he has this is because I passed on it. No, uh, no. I, I already. Oh, did had you already it. have one? I already have. Oh, you bought the other one to sell. Hey, <laughs> you want to buy a copy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you reading this week? Okay, I am. Uh, I'm going to try and turn some of you guys uh, here because I'm going to be talking about the unbelievable Gwenpool number one, and uh, I'm surprised that this book is actually sold out by this point. Although it was on the shelves for like, quite a while. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I was. I would say it's been on the shelves for about two months, two or three months, because they had. Issue zero, issue one, and issue two is already out, and issue three is coming out next month. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, so it's been on the shelves about two months, uh, and only recently sold out. So, never mind. <laughs> but the point is, is that a lot of people were moaning and groaning about this, because, uh, and I did the same thing. I assumed it was Gwen Stacy as Deadpool, uh, another Spider-Gwen. Which Spider-Gwen turned out all right, but when you hear Gwenpool, you think, oh, okay, I see where this is going. However, you are wrong. And I will tell you that now. We <laughs> we open to uh, a couple guys sitting out in a truck uh, talking about the uh, heist that they're about to pull off, who did their job, you know, fail safe, stuff like that. And it turns out that this bank uh, that they're about to rob is being occupied by uh, a woman named Gwen Poole. Um, and she is trying to make a deposit of all this money that she got during her origins, which you can find out in issue zero, which collects uh, two stories in the back of Howard the Duck and the Christmas special. Um, <laughs> but her origins are basically, she's from our universe where these characters are all comic books, video games, movies, all that. And during the Secret Wars event, she gets put into the Marvel Universe, and runs in, decides she's going to be a superhero, gets a costume from a woman who makes superhero costumes professionally, and is given the name Deadpool by the, or Gwenpool by this woman who notices that her name is Gwenpool with an E, and uh, that's the origin of Gwenpool. She just decided to be a hero, even though she has no powers <laughs> whatsoever. Awesome. Um, so she's in here trying to deposit half of the money that she got from a situation in her origin stories, and the guy will not do it for her. Uh, so while she's trying to convince him, these guys come in to rob the place, and Gwenpool thinks that this is awesome. The big score. Sweet. She's going to uh, save the bank, and then they'll deposit her money for her. Uh, <laughs> they'll deposit the money for her. So she, um, she shows up while these guys are raiding the vault, and uh, she's got an AK-47. Or, no, that's an M-16. She's got uh, a machine gun, and she just fucks these dudes' worlds up. Just blows the shit out of them. 
Um, Crazy. <laughs> Except for one who gets her pinned down. So she throws a grenade. Um, after all is said and done, this bank is fucked. This bank is destroyed. And she's like, hey, you know, you gonna deposit that money for her? And people are freaking out. They're like, oh my god, don't let her kill us. She's just like, wait a minute, I'm the good guy. Um, if you can't tell by now, she's a little out there. Not Deadpool yeah. out there, but she's she's goofy. Um, so she ends up getting arrested along with the fifth member of this crew, who was their hacker. Um, and she starts asking him about his involvement and finds out that he's a hacker. So she assumes that he can hack their way out of this. It's, like, it's cool. Just hack, hack the guy. We'll get out of the cop car. It's cool. Um, while she's trying to convince him to do that, the cop pulls them, uh, pulls into an alley and starts talking about how he's going to be taking her money that she stole and getting away. She assumes that they're going to kill him, uh, that he's going to kill them. And instead he explains that, no, he's witnessed all this stuff that's going down with other superheroes, and he's just tired of it. He wants out of the game. He's going to let them go, take the money, and disappear. Uh, and she says, cool, throw in the cop car. <laughs> and so now Gwenpool has herself a hacker buddy and a cop car and decides that this is her team. <laughs> um, I love this already. Then it goes into the one thing that is comparable to to Deadpool, and that is her talking about um, her origin. Like every issue of Deadpool starts out with a, a Scotty Young version of Deadpool saying, "Hey, this is what happened in the last issue. Uh, I killed my parents, but I don't know that yet." <laughs> I love that, and it's something like that. Um, so she's explaining a little bit about her origins and what just happened. And then we jump to her taking a job trying to defeat some sentinels that are attacking Xavier's school uh, for the gifted children. And she's getting her ass kicked, and she's trying to figure out a way to do uh, this job. And then she realizes, holy crap, they fight with the exact same moves as they do in the Sega game. Um, in the X-Men video game. So she uses that to her advantage to plug in this drive so that her buddy, um, Cecil, can actually hack them and shut them down. Um, and he's like, okay, get them away from the school. And she's like, these people paid for a show. And he's like, what people? The people reading this comic book. Because, unlike Deadpool, she knows that this is a comic book universe, as a, where he's just delusional. <laughs> and, and so he's like, but you'll destroy part of the school. And she's like, any part with the occupants? He's like, no, do it. <laughs> so he blows up the Sentinels and fucks up the school a little bit. And she doesn't end up getting paid for the job, um, which she's been getting from the woman uh, that makes her costume because it turns out that this woman, Miss Ronnie, uh, actually hires mercenaries on behalf of clients to do jobs. So... She's like, no, we're putting you on the small stuff from now on, kittens and trees, that type of stuff. And she's begging her, like, come on, give me another shot. She's like, I only really have one job, and it's a big one. There are tons of guards. It's in the open water. There's no way you could possibly do it. We've already sent, like, three people. They're all dead. And she's like, well, how much does it pay? She shows her the, the check, or uh, the bill for it, and Deadpool gets gape-mouthed, wide-eyed, 
pulls out a marker, starts drawing dollar signs on the eyes of her mask, and says uh, that she's going to go for it. Um, so they get themselves a helicopter, and Gwenpool decides to drop down into this thing unprepared because they took her weapons to get on the helicopter. They wouldn't let her on without with all of her weapons and stuff. So she figures she's just going to jump out of the helicopter, smash right through the window, start killing people up. Uh, she only has to kill one guy to get a gun, is what she's assuming. So she jumps, hits the window, splat. <laughs> turns, out it doesn't, turns out it doesn't break. It's uh, extra strength. And she ends up realizing that there was a hole in this window the entire time <laughs> that she could have done. So she jumps down. She's about to kill this guy when she realizes he's already dead. And his gun's laying right over there. So she picks up the gun and just shoots him for no reason. <laughs> and then walks away. Um, she's walking through this place, realizing that all these guards are dead. Um, and Cecil informs her that it turns out the guards outside are dead too and that he doesn't think that she's in there alone uh we cut to a panel where this guy is killing the head of the submarine um and he's doing his whole little blah 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 I'm... he's monologuing yeah he's monologuing and then he's about to call the person who gave him the job and tell them that it's completed when all of a sudden he's falling into the furnace and, and then we get to another panel where he is burning alive, and oh. Gwenpool's got her arms out. She's smiling real big. All she had to do was push this one guy into the furnace, and now he's dead. So she snaps a picture of herself with the guy uh, and sends it to Ronnie and says, Did it! And she gets paid big time for this. They run a big hotel room. Nice TV. She's taking a bath in her costume to find out if it's actually a bathing suit. <laughs> and I love all of a sudden, the side of her, the hotel room gets blown out, and out and out comes Modoc. And Modoc's yes. like, "Yeah, here's the deal: you killed my best guy. Now you're gonna work for me." And she's a little dumbfounded at first, and then just cracks up laughing, just losing it, hysterical. She's like, are you serious? Modoc is threatening, uh, threatening me? Seriously? Modoc? And he gets pissed and vapor uh, vaporizes Cecil. Vaporizes <laughs> <laughs> Cecil. And she, she's freaking out. She's like, what? 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 And he's like, Okay, uh, would you like to be next, or would you like a job? And she says, job, please. And she gets forced into being Modoc's henchman. And then the issue ends. Yeah. And we get a preview for issue two, which I have read it, and it is great. And another great thing about these books is that um, the covers are all anime-themed. The first one is FLCL. I don't know what the second one is, but the third one is definitely My Neighbor Totoro. FLCL, Fully Coolie? Yeah, look at it. It's so, oh, it is totally so Fully Coolie. FLCL. Um, but yeah, these books are so great. These first two issues, I'm, I'm hooked. I was really hesitant to start reading. Now it's in my pool. Uh, I cannot suggest this enough. And if anything in there sounded like Deadpool to you, I, I get it a little bit. But really, outside of her being a little loopy, not Deadpool loopy, but a little loopy, and uh, that little 
monologue at the beginning for the intro. And the name, it's, obviously. <laughs> and the name, obviously, which she gets under more understandable circumstances than just, this is a girl named Gwen, and she looks like Deadpool. Um, More than the meat. <laughs> yeah. It really does stand off as its own comic. She's her own character. And she, in a, a issue two, she does the same thing with Thor. She calls back on her comic book knowledge because it turns out uh, that she's a huge comic book fan, too, in her universe. So that's really her superpower is that she knows everything yeah, about she these already people. has the knowledge yeah she it, doesn't so. but the video games the movies the comics she knows what she's walking into even though she walks in unprepared <laughs> so uh it's great um sounds fun i cannot uh suggest it enough it's it's one of my new favorite books right now like i hope it stays there um Especially with with Star Wars, it's going a little downhill with me. Is it? Yeah, this uh, Rebel Jail, uh, this most recent story arc, was a little boring. The, the ad on the back of that Gwenpool, it mm -hmm. looks like one of the old m &Ms <laughs> Oh, yeah. Used to be um, Marvel's been doing this in like a ton of their books right now. And, um, they're advertising M&M's 75th anniversary, and it's all been like comic book themed ads. That's pretty, so cool. pretty great. Um, but yeah, it's a good book. I liked it. Um, we're going to go ahead, and Bob did not have a second book because, like Swine. we said, we change shit all the time on him for, like... I think you every... do it for fun. <laughs> if, we, if we do it you, next... We just try to keep you on your toes. If okay. we do it next podcast, then you can pro pretty much guarantee. <laughs> that'll, that'll be the just, thing that's... I'm going to read no books for next podcast. I'm just going to make up a story. <laughs> that's what I did. Uh, <laughs> all right, um, so... Are you doing Tank Girl night? Because, no. like... Oh, okay. I was going to say, we were, we were both going to go I didn't know what that. we were doing. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do your next book, my next book, and then oh. we're just going to go ahead and kiss Tank Girl's ass for mm -hmm. two minutes of kissing that one's ass. Okay. Um, so, where are we going? The, uh... Yeah, it was a terrible time to eat cheese, everybody. <laughs> God damn it. Well, we were hungry. Three of the four people at the table are fucking eating cheese. I already <laughs> ate my cheese, damn God it. Damn and it. I ate it quietly. Five people now are eating. Four people. Five now. out of the four people here are eating cheese. <laughs> good math, Benny. Good math. Uh, we're not I, I, I are do math good. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Okay, yeah. Uh, one second, real quick. <laughs> and now I'm eating cheese. So, all right, Captain America number one. All right, so the the other book I'm doing is Steve Rogers, Captain America number one. This Ooh. is after the. Uh, Captain America 75th anniversary where the sentient cosmic cube makes Steve Rogers young Kobe. again. Kobe. Yeah, Kobe. Makes Steve Rogers young again. Strong, just like he was in his prime. Now, uh, I do have one thing to bring up. Can that just that. happen to Batman? <laughs> you know what? Yes, I think it's it been happening to everyone. Um, uh, it raised a question with me. Um, and I don't even think they're going to go into it. I think it is just the super sol soldier serum is back in his system. But, like, it poses the question, because it was given to him by a Cosmic Cube, does that mean that he is now naturally like this? Is this a part of his basic genetics? Or is it just she serum, put the yeah. serum back in him? Did, basically, did she just rewind time for him? Yeah. Or is this, um, like, a... He is now permanently in his prime, will never I, age. I think they should do it like I this is like a we'll part of on. his basic 
molecular structure now, and, and that way they can't take his powers away the same way again. Yeah. So A failsafe. I, I think it'll be touched on, but it, it didn't really hit on it this book. Uh, this yeah, one starts out... That book, uh, Bastard. <laughs> Uh, the the way this starts out is it's it's set in 1926 uh, in New York. We see family walking out of the theater or down the street or something. Uh, and it's an abusive husband beating his wife, his son watching. Uh, the son we we find out is Steve Rogers because we hear uh, we hear the man call him Steve. This lady shows up, just walks out. You can tell she's significant because she has a very bright red scarf on. Uh, and a red band around she's really her hat. really the only color. In yeah. yeah. Okay. Everything else is a little monotone. And... Like, you, you can see the red lights, but I didn't know those were a thing in 1926. Red seems to stand out. Yeah. So, this lady in red tells the guy, you need to go home. You need to stop what you're doing. You need to go home. Ask the woman if she needs help. The guy goes to throw a punch at her. She catches it and throws him on the ground. And he oh. just kind of stumbles home. And she helps the boy up. And, like, kind of pats him, makes sure they're okay. And Babies. on the next page, we see Luke Cage needs a shave. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not Luke shave. Cage. It's just some guy in his, apart in his apartment <laughs> shaving. And Luke Cage just gets thrown through his apartment. <laughs> Some of these ads say, in the Marvel I don't know. comics it's are a black guy almost as in a yellow shirt. It has to be Luke Cage. So, mm -hmm. on the on the next page, we see Captain America, young in his prime again, busting through a window with a shield, but it's not his round shield. Uh, Sam still has that. Yeah. He, he this is more of a a typical knight's. Shield. It looks like his first shield. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's the old like kind of triangular shaped one. Yeah. And so he crashes through a window. Uh, we find out he's on a train. Uh, Hydra has hacked this train. The Their own hacker, Rick Jones, uh, formerly known as the Whisperer, I guess, got in trouble by leaking S.H.I.E.L.D. secrets, mm -hmm. uh, is trying to hack against Hydra's hackers who have hacked the train. There's a lot of hacking going on here. <laughs> and the guy that he's... In a hack battle with Captain America, just trying to hack his way too. Ah, oh, there's the, a lot of hacking. Gwenpool, <laughs> so much hacking. I was going to say, did they run into Gwenpool's there. hacker? <laughs> no, no, not yet. Uh, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> 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 Poor guy. Uh, the the Hydra oh, hacker's yeah. name is Battlestar John Galtica. Oh, John Galtica. Yeah. So wow. I'm just like. They it's really awful. used that. Yeah, uh, but we see Cap <laughs> just bad. fighting a bunch of guys on a train, uh, trying to make his way to the uh, engineers. Yeah, the engine the, car. Yeah, like trying to make his way up. Control and car, something like that. I don't know. He's asked, uh, Sharon asks him if he sees the bomb. He's like, I see him. So the bomb is a person. And so we flash, we get a little bit of this person's backstory who's sitting there with the bomb on him. He's kind of a troubled guy, always been in and out of jail for this, that, or the other. Uh, the last time he got out of jail, uh, he fell in with some white supremacist 
while he was in jail. So when, when he got out, nothing just felt right until he went to a meeting oh. with one of the guys that later got let out. And it's a meeting with the Red Skull. It's a Hydra meeting. And, of course, Red Skull is inspiring them all to do this nice. and that and be Hydra. Oh. So, <laughs> so this guy's like, he's all into it and cheering, gets the Hydra tattoo on his chest. And he said, doing nothing while they beat a man to death for no reason. That was hard. So it was a relief when they told him it was time for him to give up his life for the cause. Uh, so, so that's kind of the story of this guy who's the bomb. Yeah. He's the bomb diggity. Uh, <laughs> the bomb diggity dot com? That's amazing. <laughs> I feel like that would have been an early 90s website. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think it was. So we go back. Cap is still beating the hell out of guys on a train. Like, that's that's half this book. Nick Fury comes out and says, I'm tired of these motherfucking hydras. No, surprisingly, uh, Sharon Carter's kind of leading things right now. Whoa. Yeah, didn't know that. Uh, then again, I'm not reading. Yeah. But uh, he uh, he's talking about circling back after getting the, the train under control, and she's like, we had a discussion about this. He says, I recall it was more like an argument. She says, I refer to the ones I win as discussions. So you can tell, you know, they're still a thing. They've got a good chemistry. Yeah. And so she's basically saying it's under control, and we have Jack Flag and Free Spirit, which are two other American-based yep. super soldier-ass heroes. And these guys, they're just ecstatic to be helping again. Yeah. Like, they're just all like, this is awesome! We're doing stuff again! We're slightly less irrelevant! Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> no. Seriously. Yeah. Jack Flagg says, I'm just excited to be relevant again. <laughs> oh my god. That is, that is right here. He's word being for word. generous. Again. <laughs> so, we go back, and Steve's on the train, slamming people around with the shield. And, Doing uh, Steve stuff. Uh... <laughs> The guy finally beats Battlestar John, and the train detaches. So it's just the engine car going down the road, going to explode safely wherever. And Cap's like, not everyone's out. So he jumps onto that car, jumps over with that guy, tries to tell him that uh, your mother wants your son to come home. And the guy's like, there's no way, there's no home to go back to. Hail Hydra blows the car. And so that kind of depressed Captain a little bit that he couldn't save the guy. But then we pan to an interesting shot. It's Steve and Sharon sitting on a, a swing, like a porch swing, talking. Steve has a glass of iced tea, and they're just Aww. talking all sweet and all this and that. And she makes the comment or that he was off his game. He's like, it's this new shield. You know, I'm not used to it. Blame it on the shield. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what she said. She's like, no, there's something going on in your head. You can talk to me. And he's just like, I'm just out of sorts because of the new body that I'm in again. Yeah. She's like, well, next time a Cosmic Cube decides to help you out, will you tell him to help out your, uh, what is it, mention your partner too? Yeah. So they're just kind of, 
playfully bantering back and forth, and we see them we see them kiss and hug up on this porch swing on the edge of a helicarrier. Like it's oh, just sitting yeah. on the very edge of a helicarrier. The last panel of that scene is just and like, he's just a wide shot of a fucking helicarrier. He's like, this is good iced tea. I love it. Because <laughs> like, that, well, that is really the only way Captain America get, could get yeah. something like that together. Yeah, <laughs> it's on a fucking helicarrier. Helicarrier. So we pan back. It, we're back to the 20s. The lady with the red scarf talking to Steve's mom, you know, saying, I know how tough it can be in this day and age. You know, uh, talking about her husband's no longer with them that Steve looks to be a very good-hearted boy, all this and that. And then we pan to a break room of Jack Flag, Free Spirit, and the hacker sitting, just telling stories, talk like, and even talking shit about yeah. Cap and some of his outfits. And each other, and each other were, where Cap was a werewolf, <laughs> uh, when he was wearing armor, how ridiculous the shoulder pads looked. And they're just bantering back and forth, talking, just talking shit, having a good time after a victory. Uh, and it, it's kind of a, an interesting scene to see because you don't really see those, like, little victory celebrations yeah. from, like, the little guys. Well, a lot of times you don't get that from any Captain America stuff. Like, it, it's either them talking about, like, the dire situation they're in, or them being in said dire situation. Yeah. And it's the same with the Avengers and all that. You never really see the, the downtime. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's what's so cool about this book so far, is we kind of see, like, what happens when they're not on a I mission. hope it's more than just an issue one thing. I hope so. Because uh, here we pan to Maria Hill looking at all of these uh, different newscasts, and... The fallout of what happened in that 75th anniversary yeah. issue, basically. And so Sharon walks in, and Sharon and Maria start kind of talking shit to each other because of Sharon being kind of in control of S.H.I.E.L.D. because Maria hasn't been charged yet for what happened in Pleasant Hill and the uh, standoff yeah. thing that they did, uh, which I didn't get a chance to read. Uh, but you read a couple of them. I read I read oh, the first one and oh, I wanted to read the rest of it but I just never got it. Gotcha. Uh, and they're just talking about how uh, a Hydra agent isn't much of a person worth saving because it's a Hydra agent. And then Steve walks in. He's like, "This is why I'm usually late because I'm hoping you two will wear each other down a little bit." And. Uh, they they're talking about one of the something big, yeah. and Maria Hill's like, "We got him." Uh, Baron Zemo had been eluding them since the events uh. of Standoff, looking for Kovic, the sentient cosmic cube, and they they couldn't track him down, but they finally did, and found him in Bagalia, the city with no laws, super villain central. So we see Zemo. On a rooftop of all places, uh, <laughs> giving giving a little monologue yeah. talking about how Red Skull's not fit to lead Hydra. Zemo brought it into the glory that it currently is, and it's uh. rightfully his. And we see three guys standing on the roof with him. More B listers. Yeah, Yay. more more B list villains. I don't Bring even know. Who, I don't know who they are. 
I don't know who they are. I, I've never heard of Like, there's a tiger guys. person, a lizard person, and kind of a, a molten person. A magma guy. Mag, that's and, magma guy. And these three, they're just standing on the roof. They're like, well, I, I need this gig so that I can pay off my student loan debt. Uh, one of them was like, I actually liked it in Pleasant Hill. I had a job as a mechanic and a two-bedroom house. <laughs> so... And Zemo's like just face falling because he's like, I can't believe I have to start over. And here, Captain America, Jack Flag, and Free Spirit are like jump down onto him on the roof and just start beating the hell out of everyone on the roof. Uh, and the the magma guy is like, I thought this was just gonna be like an orientation. <laughs> and so Zemo tosses something to Captain America, kind of knocks him senseless for a second. It's like a like a flash Dang grenade flash almost. Yeah. Uh, and Zemo runs to like a Quinjet and goes to take off. Jack Flag and Free Spirit are fighting the people on the roof. He says Zemo's mine. So he goes on into the plane where Zemo has Doctor Eric Selvig prisoner and. Captain America's new shield heats up on the bottom, and he just cuts a hole yeah, like, in the top of no, the Quinjet. It's, it's not the it's not the bottom; it's a blade that comes out. Some sort of like, so like a lightsaber, kind of. Like kinda. it's not like an elongated blade. It's like uh, shaped like the point of his shield. But yeah, it's but he uses his shield as a fucking lightsaber. Huh. He just <laughs> so he uses that, cuts a hole. That's cool, and. <laughs> He's like, this ends now. And he was like, for once, Captain, we agree. So Cap jumps down, starts fighting him, like beating him against the wall, through the plane and everything. And Zemo catches Cap on the cargo door and opens it on him and says, sometimes one just gets lucky. So we pan back to the rooftop where Jack Flag and Free Spirit are fighting those people, and the the tiger one is like, "Come on, man! I'm just trying to pay my bills." <laughs> and the the lizard guy is on the ground. He's like, "I'd just like to point out that I surrender peacefully. Please remember that when you're asked to testify at my parole hearing." So they they want nothing to do with what's going on here now. That <laughs> they're just trying to make a living. Well. Yeah, yeah, they're just trying to survive, and so. Jack looks up and sees uh, Steve hanging off of that cargo door, yeah. and he's like, "It's it's time that I save Captain America from Baron Zemo." And he's like, "Hey Siri, play Good Vibrations." <laughs> yes, I love the writing in this so much. Like I right? like, I loved it the first time I read it, and now like you doing it here, I'm I'm getting a little like I love this fucking book. Right. <laughs> so we we go back to the twenties. And the lady is walking Steve and his mom home from that restaurant uh, because it's kind of a tough neighborhood. You see some people in an alley smoking. And uh, she's like, you know, don't worry about it. Steve's mom's like, if there's anything I can do in return, you know, just let me know. Uh, she's like, you know, I, I know what kind of area, what kind of time this is. Uh and you have much to look forward to that will make the days go easier. Give him a few years, and Steve will be strong enough to protect both of you. So, like, she's kind of like... Foreshadowing? Yeah. What's gonna happen? So, so we go back to Cap, hanging one arm 
on this cargo door out this little window and Zemo's about to strike him down with his sword. So you, you see a couple of fingers tap Zemo's shoulder as Zemo is sitting there monologuing and he turns around Jack Flag just decks him. And he helps Jack Flat or Jack helps Cap up back into the plane and he's like this isn't how it was supposed to happen uh you know not everything's not okay i'm sorry jack and steve grabs jack by the the shoulder and throws him out the cargo door but before that we go back and see that as the lady in red is leaving steve and his mom just thought you wanted to know that the villains that you didn't know were Firebrand, Plant Man, and Flying Tiger. Yeah, there we go. All nobodies. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard of Firebrand. Yeah, Richard Dennison. I, I have a Firebrand. Comic, Richard Dennison. Really? Yeah. Well, no, maybe it's. Fuck out. I, don't know. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking of Star Brand. Firebrand. And... <laughs> I think I'm thinking of a Star Mask. Is it Star Mask and Firebrand or? Fuck out. I don't know. Right, but anyway, so. Back in the 20s, as uh, the lady with the red scarf is leaving Steve and his mom, she was like, you know, we have this group of people. We desperately need members. You know, it's my responsibility to bring people in. And then Steve's mom's like, I don't know if I'd be able to make it with everything I have going on at the mill, at home, and all that. And uh, she's like, I just show up to one meeting here, take a pamphlet. I think you'll like what it has to say. And it's a hydro pamphlet uh -huh. so the lady hands steve's mom a pamphlet for a hydra meeting so we go over and we see cap throwing jack flag out of the plane uh and he he's kind of doing an internal monologue he's like this is what makes jack flag a hero he acted without the fear of the consequence doing what he knew to be the right thing and this was a terrible price to pay for what has to be done uh, but I, too, dream of something better. And on the very last page, as I'm sure everyone's seen floating around, uh -huh. it's Captain America standing over Selvig saying, Hail Hydra. And the internet wasted no uh -huh. time spoiling this. No, it's well. Oh, yeah. Like, Day like, one, it was all over the place. Yeah. So, oh. so this leaves a lot to so speculation. Many so many questions. I've... I talked to Seth about it. He gave me... He, he, he just said one thing. And it made complete sense. I believe it was something along the lines of... I, can't, I don't know exactly what happened. Mm. But um, uh, however he got his, his, his power and stuff back. Didn't Red Skull have a part of that? Well, yeah, during the 75th anniversary, uh, the preacher that helps them get to Kobik at the bowling alley, yeah. um, he turns out to be uh, the reformed Pleasant Hill version of oh, Red Skull. Skull. And he's like, uh, I think maybe he may have something like, something with something or yeah. added something into this. Uh, it's quite possible. It's but quite possible. it is also showing flashbacks to his yeah. mother having some sort of affiliation with. 
Well, I think we're going to get more of, like, in the next issue, I think we're going to find out about that Hydra meeting that his mom mm-hmm. went to and kind of see how that may have played this a role This feels like a, a, something that's going to be branched out over three issues. Mm-hmm. And, like, we'll probably find out really definitely what's going on with Cap around issue three. So it's what, And I can't get why people are, are jumping off of Cap so bad. They're like, you know what? He's hailing Hydra. I'm done with Captain America for the rest of my life. Fuck that. You you want to know why, don't you? Just yeah. w- stick around for why. And if the yeah. why is bullshit, then okay, fine. Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm sticking around. That's I'm me. like, I want to know what the hell's happening. Plus, the writing's great. Yeah. Oh my god, the writing. Oh yeah, I'm so glad that it, it needs to stay that course. Because um, I initially picked this book up, I just got the Scotty Young cover. Yeah. And uh, they were told that it was a pretty good book. So I honestly, the it. only reason I started reading it is it was because of uh, Civil War Two. Oh yeah, yeah. Civil War Two. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't have picked up that 75th anniversary, and I wouldn't have picked up this number one because I knew that Captain America isn't the opposition; it's Iron Man versus Miss yeah. Marvel or Captain Marvel. But <laughs> I, you know, I was like, it's Captain America; he's gonna play a part. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I picked up that book. I'm so glad I did. Yeah. So glad oh, Civil yeah. War Two was happening <laughs> because I got to read Captain America number one. Um, okay. Then now we're gonna switch gears over to DC, uh, which I think is our only DC book <laughs> that we've yeah, been going through. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Rebirth here yeah. in a second. Um, I'm gonna go through this one as quickly as I can. To give you, oh yeah, that's right. Scooby Apocalypse was a DC book. No, we usually do talk about Marvel heavily, though. <laughs> and you guys are definitely go. more the Marvel guys. I'm. I, uh, I like to. I like DC books. Yeah, just person. Uh, to catch you up on what's going on with the final days of Superman, eight part story that is bringing to a close the New Fifty Two Superman. Um, basically, between the Dark Side War. Uh, between him losing his powers and how he got them back by jumping into the kryptonite pool at Argus, a variety of other things, he is dying. And he's gone down every alley to find out how he can reverse it, how he can fix it, and there's literally nothing. He His cells are burnt out, they're damaged, they're deteriorating, they cannot be repaired. So... Because of this, um, he has now decided that he's going to do everything he can to try and like fix as much as he can before he dies. Say goodbye to the people that he loves and make sure that the world is going to be okay. Like letting Kara have full control over the uh, Fortress of Solitude. Basically handing her the Superman uh, mythos. Uh, making sure that Lois has the materials to write the right story when he's gone. Um, you know, tell, uh, telling Bruce uh, everything that they needed to say, which was a great moment. Anyways, basically saying goodbye and ensuring the world's going to be okay. Um, in the wake of that, there's another uh, Superman who was an ex-convict, and we haven't really exactly found out why he is changing into this fiery Superman, but... He's been running around causing havoc and uh, claiming that he's Superman. He's Clark Kent. So we pick up in the middle of a fight um, with Superman and this imposter Superman. And they are locked That's cool. uh, hands to throat in a battle where they are basically uh, arguing back and forth during this entire time where Superman is telling him who he actually is about his life. 
and stuff, and the other guy is just like, no, fuck that, I am Superman, my name is Kal-El, I was born at Krypton, uh, and he just goes through the whole thing, and he's like, you're an imposter, I should be a part of the Justice League. Um, so they keep fighting for quite a few pages, actually, until the first person to jump in comes out, and it's Kara, um, Supergirl, and she comes out and just starts whooping on this new Superman until he bats her off with some huge energy blast, something like Superman's solar flare. Uh, and as soon as he does that, the bat wing comes out of the door, <laughs> slams him right in the back with Wonder Woman following in tow, and messes him up. Um, they get uh, Batman gets out of the plane. Wonder Woman lands, Superman goes over to check on Supergirl, and Batman's speculating to how long he'll be down, and they need to go check on uh, Superman before checking on this imposter. But turns out uh, Batman's a little off, and the dude busts out of the wreckage of the, the Batwing, comes out, slams the ground, takes out Batman and Wonder Woman. Uh, at this point, Superman's had enough. He's going to pull... Uh, uh, Superman Doomsday situation and he's taking him out to orbit but while he's doing that his powers start fading this is this is where we're losing Superman this is the moment when he's done and even his uh, inner monologue is getting broken up because he's having trouble focusing uh, when all of a sudden a character that has been introduced into the new main universe um, from his own book that spanned out of the Convergence storyline, Superman from another universe, um, who's married to Lois and has a son named uh, named John. John, named after his father, obviously, uh, comes out and says, I've got you. And he starts taking them both out into space. And Superman's asking him, who are you? Tells him he's a friend. Um, and he's saying, don't worry, I'm here to help. You know. Uh, so Superman turns around the last bit of energy he can muster uh, and knocks the shit out of this new Superman and says, good, I'm glad to hear it because we're going to need you. The world's going to need you. Um, then we get like four or five pages of <laughs> <DC> Rebirth <laughs> stuff um, before we get back to it. And Clark, the, the main Superman, and this imposter are locked in a heat vision battle before they do their solar blasts, which Clark can tell that he's getting ready to do his. Clark is going to try and contain it with his own, absorb the energy, which should protect the Earth. So they explode. They, their solar flares just... And everyone is in all of this. We've got steel and uh, Lana Lang standing by on the ground they're looking on the play the uh helicopter that lois lane is in kind of gets jaunted to the side and they're shielding their eyes batman and wonder woman are looking on in awe and the new superman uh from the uh, pre-crisis universe is knocked back and then we see superman falling he's coming down to the ground and he's coming down hot Luckily, the new Superman's there to catch him, bring him back down, so that way, you know, it doesn't fuck everyone up, because, like I said, he's coming in hot. Um, Superman manages to make it to his feet for just a moment before falling down, and he's like, did I absorb it? Did I 
did I do it? And they're like, yeah, every little bit of it, you, you saved us all. And he's like, good, I was worried for a second. Lana runs up, and she's worried, saying, what am I going to do without my best friend? And he says, anything and everything, Lana. Uh, then Lois comes up, and he's... <laughs> And she uh, says, um, should uh, he sa he says to her, I should have realized I couldn't keep you out of harm's way when there's this big of a story going on. And um, he asks her to remember everything they talked about. She says, I do and I will. He tells Carr to make him proud. Um, she says he can count on her. Steele thanks him for being an inspiration. Uh, and he says, thank you for having my back all this time, uh, John Henry. Batman gets down and says, Clark, Superman's like, you don't have to say anything. I know. He's like, you're the best. Uh, then Batman says, you're the best of us. Serving by your side's been my honor. And uh, Superman turns around. He's like, you know, no, pleasure's been all mine, Batman. Uh, and at this point, his yes. speech bubbles are starting. They Well, they do a little more than that. Oh, <laughs> no. no. Oh, <laughs> at this point, Superman's speech bubbles are kind of getting a little, because he's fading. Um, and Wonder Woman gets down and says, it's time. Um, she tells him to let go, and then it's all right, and then his parents are waiting for him. Oh. And uh, the last thing Superman says is, what a lucky man I was. And then there's this crack of red lightning that comes from his body. Um and it's the flash. And, <laughs> uh, and then he's left in this stone, like basically everything but his cape, for obvious reasons, um, is left in just a hardened stone state. And we're left with everyone dealing with this aftermath, with, like this body in front of them. And the new Superman decides to take off while Batman's pointing out that there are a lot of questions. Uh, and then Batman asks him, where will we find you? And he says, don't worry, I'll find you. Then we cut to several panels of everyone receiving the news that Superman is dead. Lex Luthor staring at his new Superman suit, uh, which comes out of the Justice League Dark Side War oh. storyline. Um, the woman cool. who had previously, uh, actually who was responsible for this imposter Superman, um, looking at the news articles, um, God, I can't remember who this was. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember who this was. Superman Logan? Uh, no. <laughs> but uh, some, one of uh, Superman's recent villains sitting next to a newspaper about it. Uh, firemen, random schmucks on the street. Um, some guy in his home who has thrown his tablet through his TV. Um, all finding out that Superman's dead. And then on the last page... We have Lois Lane typing up a story called Superman, A Hero's Life by Lois Lane. And this is our lead-in to Superman Rebirth, um, DC Universe Rebirth, and obviously Superman number one. But honestly, this choked me up a little bit because I'm I'm such a big Superman fan. And, um, sitting there wearing a Batman shirt. <laughs> sitting here wearing a Batman shirt. Um, they can coexist. But, okay. <laughs> but uh, you know, I've been reading this whole... <laughs> last days of Superman story and I read um, the storyline before this where he had lost his powers and everything and just seeing him dealing with the world and how the world dealt with him in this most recent issue and then it all coming to a head like this it was 
It was pretty great, uh, especially since the last time Superman died. One, it was it didn't stick. Yeah. <laughs> And two, he didn't get time to say goodbye to everyone. We never got that. This is this one gave us what we missed from the last one, um, and they even make reference to Superman dying before with the the old one because, uh, yeah. like I said, he's married to Lois from that universe, and they're discussing. Yeah, I think we had to talk about that in Rebirth. Oh, was that in Rebirth? I think it was okay, Rebirth. yeah. Um, well, I was say like, wouldn't most of these people be like, well, he's died like. No. How yeah, many times? No, because... Well, okay, we, uh, we get some of that from Rebirth. Yeah. That'll be explained in just a moment. Um, but yeah, that was Final Days of Superman, uh, Part 8, the conclusion. It's great. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can find all eight parts in your local comic shop. Unfortunately, Superman's not that popular for the stupidest reasons. And it's mostly because people haven't been reading him, and they don't know what's going on with him. So... Uh, yeah, pick who, this up. Who does the art on that issue? Um, no, it's not JRJR anymore, is it? No, no, it's Mikkel Janin. I like yeah. that. Yep. I like you, Mikkel. did a really good job. Uh, and Tomasi's been the, the yeah. writer and the words. But, okay, real quick, we're going to kiss Tank Girl's ass. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Odo, what did you like about this? First of all, I read everyone's voices in, like, an Australian accent. Yes. So it, it, made, it, it made it very fun. Uh, but just like flipping through and just how nonchalant a lot of it seems. It's mm-hmm. like, her tank's gone. Who the fuck, where the fuck did my tank go? Yeah, fuck. My, my tank is missing. Like, that's exactly what we have here. Yeah. She's like, she, she was on vacation, came back. Her tank's gone. Fuck. Yeah. Like, it's at a museum. The, the chick in the museum is drawn to it yeah. somehow. She's and obsessed with Tank Girl for some reason. Like, so she becomes a tank girl. I like how we get a poster. Yeah, there's, the a, there's a, like, for the two main yeah. covers, yeah. there's a they poster in the they middle. They don't do that. Real quick, <laughs> I, I have yet to read this because of my schedule, but uh, I'm, I'm flipping through it. I'm loving this art. Me too. But <laughs> Is it of the, the onomatopoeia boing. around <laughs> this woman's boobs jiggling, it says jiggle, jiggle, bounce. I just... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is this is not a kids comedy. No, there no, are in here. There's tons of cursing. Like uh, I mean, there is like legitimate page, page like three or four. There's just tits. Yeah. More tits. And the word uh, Yeah. So it is uh, not kids comic book. There's bestiality references going on. I love this. Well, that's because her boyfriend is a fucking like mutant kangaroo. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, I love this book because. Uh, one of the great things about Tank Girl is that for some reason, somehow or another, it has never missed a beat over the years. Um, now, the old stories used to just be one-off Tank Girl fucking shit up, and that was it. Now they've got more linear storylines, and I'm just finding this out. So this is my first delve into the um, actual, yeah, into the actual uh, Tank Girl mythos, that, like the, the world they've set up uh, since I haven't been reading and everything is, I've heard about that world is it's just always been on point. See, this um, is my first time ever dating yeah. into a Tank Girl so, book, and it was fun. Tank Girl, Two Girls, One Tank. It's just a great uh, comic book. One of the last punk rock comic books there is. It, like it. In this day and age, there is almost nothing punk mm-hmm. rock anymore. Yeah. It's, it's almost dead. Uh, and this is one of those things that, is, that sticks with that world. Punk it's never almost, dies. I said it's, it's almost dead. It, oh, it'll live on through us, but and then we die, and then it's then our children. That's why we need to teach our children. Yeah, we try. <laughs> yeah. They just like uh, nays and shit. 
Uh, but no, it, it is fun. It's clever. Um, the art in it is actually really good. I really like it, yeah. Like, and I and like, the art I like is the one of those things that's like, it's not always exactly the same, but that's another one that where they almost never miss a beat. It's like every person who gets their hands on this book knows, knows like, how this is Tank Girl. This is Tank Girl, this mm-hmm. is Tank Girl, this is Tank Girl. And they never deviate. They never, like, say, well, what if we did it in, like, a tri- no. trip... Uh, tri- uh, <laughs> what is the word I'm looking for? Not trippy, but... Uh, Psych- uh, psychotropic. Yeah, psychotropic. What if we did it in, like, a psych- uh, psychotropic... Wait, no. Tank Fuck girl. you. It's Tank Girl. Like, <laughs> one of my favorite spots right here, uh, when her tank's gone, they, yeah. they go to their warehouse to see what they have that they could go and blow shit up to earn money with. And there's, like, yeah. there's like a... a, a a smaller battle tank kind of thing. There's a motorcycle with a sidecar, and then there's a tank from a fairground. Yeah. So and Booga is always fucked. That's, yeah, Booga is, is always fucked. But yeah, but like if you're not familiar with tanks down here, yeah, the onomatopoeia on in the book are great Army too. Day. It's just great. If you're not familiar with Tank Girl, you don't really need a head start to pick this up. Um, no. There are a couple references, some stuff like a. Uh, you know, you might not exactly get why she's dating a mutant kangaroo, but after you've read those books, it's so out there that you, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Uh, pick it up. Do it. Just do it. Do it. Do, do it. it. Stop. Pause this. Do Go do it. it. Do it. God no. damn it. Don't, don't come over there. Don't, don't pause it. Finish, finish. Don't it. Let me turn this podcast around. Listen to this on the way. Finish it off. Okay. So, moving on to that, we've got one more comic book to talk about. Before we talk about that, let's talk about who is DC? Who's DC, Odal? Jeff Johns. Uh, who is it when we don't know the actual identity? It's Jeff Johns. It's always Jeff. So it's Jeff Johns. Like, they just revealed that there are three different versions of the Joker in... Uh, oh, yeah, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if, anybody, if you haven't read Justice League issue 50, uh, it's been out for a little while. First off, We've got to start you that at the If beginning. you haven't read the Justice League Dark Side War storyline, you are fucking missing out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jeff Johns. At, um, Jeff Johns. Yeah. 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 Jeff Johns. Um, Jeff Johns is actually Jason Todd. We have a, a, uh, we have decided that uh, if we don't know who it is, it's Jeff Johns until otherwise revealed. Yep. So the Joker is actually Jeff Johns this whole yeah, time yeah. in three different hats. <laughs> the Joker wears many hats, and they're all Jeff Johns. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, Jeff Johns has just been recently appointed, uh, like co-in charge of DC Films, uh, working with Warner Brothers. And personally, I think this is it. It, it could be a good thing. Not is yes, a good thing I, because it's going to be one of those things where Jeff Johns is the kind of guy who is going to say, it needs to be like this, this, and this, and then Warner Brothers is the kind of studio, and we've seen this time and time again, oh, he's yeah. going to be like, no, we think this makes money, and he'll say, fuck you, you're wrong, obviously, pointing at their past work, <laughs> and, and then they'll, they'll probably still stand their ground, and he'll be like, you know what? I don't need I this. Don't. I'm done, yeah. and he'll leave. That is, that is how I think this is going to play out. But if it doesn't, and Warner Brothers listens to Jeff Johns like they should because of look at everything. Jeff look at everything, Jeff Johns, and you've got it right Jeff there. Johns. He's the dude. Then yeah. we could really see an MCU shift here Absolutely. for DC films. And the first thing I think he should do is, is pull a uh, pull a George Lucas, pull a <laughs> special edition George Lucas, replace the scenes with the Flash in Batman vs. Superman with Grant Gustin, and finally tie the fucking shows in. It won't happen. 
but they should do it. They should do it. I I would much rather see Grant Gustin on the big screen as Flash than Pedro. I'm just, just going to call it Pedro West. <laughs> a lot of it is because Aww. by this point, we're, we're two seasons deep in the Flash. That's we have grown to. to love Grant Gustin. We've grown mm-hmm. to love that Barry Allen. Well, not only that, but it and just it makes so much really sense. Enough. You've got a popular Flash. You, and you already have a fan a base. base, and you already yeah. have a fan base for at least for just one of the fucking characters. Yeah, yeah. there's I mean, people that I know that watch the Flash and never gave a shit. Like I wasn't even a big Flash fan yeah. prior, and I, it's my and okay favorite superhero show. You don't want to put yeah. Green Arrow in your Justice League. Maybe not right off the bat. Fine, don't put the fucking Green Arrow in there. Like you know, then you get good material on Green Arrow about how like. Why wasn't I invited? <laughs> You'll get I mean, Stephen you know, Mel crying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so eventually, uh, I'm sure they'll put him in there, and it's just it's just smart. It's just smart and because Legends of Tomorrow is a great way to affect the movie universe. And right now, they and right have now, a perfect. Oh my god! Right? Don't they? To do all this. Okay. Okay. We might talk about Flash. We might. Yeah. We might start talking about Flash. So you might want to step just, out. All right. I'm gonna step out real quick because I'm not caught up. Uh, I'm just for a quick up. minute. Yeah, uh, I, I will give you. I'm gonna take my phone. I'm gonna give you five minutes to go into this. <laughs> yeah, go for we it. We are over two hours. He's gonna record. Well, this is gonna be a long episode if you haven't figured it out by now. <laughs> I'll be right back. All, All the right. good ones are though. All right. Well, to kind of recap a little bit on what's going on with Flash, did you, did you want to just do like the last couple episodes because I don't want to recap the yeah, whole season. Yeah. Long story short, uh, Zoom has been terrorizing Earth One. Uh, Barry gives up his speed to save who's a Wally uh, this time. Wally. Yeah. Uh, then he got his speed back by being in the Speed Force. And... Which, that was the Kevin Smith episode. Fantastic episode. And, oh my so god. And we, we also found out that uh, Jay Garrick was a Flash, but it's not really Jay Garrick. Uh-huh. It, he kind of pulled a, a Harrison Wells... Yeah. You know, made, one made thing, himself like, look like... Else. And, do... and uh, come find out, by this episode, the man in the Iron Mask that we've seen in Zoom's hideout in his his home base, whatever you want to call it, is actually the real Jay Garrick from mm-hmm. Earth Three. From Earth Three. Now, the 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 episode prior to the finale was it was devastating to me because of the, oh. there was a death at the end of this episode, and it was a character that I was so happy that came back this season, and it was his father, mm-hmm. Barry's father, Barry's father, who played the the the. Uh, the Flash, the original Barry Allen in the 1990, it was right after the Tim Burton uh-huh. Batman, because it was the same it was like type late of like, 80s, muscles. early 90s. Yeah, it's, that's where Mark Hamill was introduced as a Trickster. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So seeing him, just having him back, like, the returning some of the actors from the original shows to any universe, like, they, they brought Linda Carter on the Smallville and stuff, mm-hmm. like, bringing those types of actors back, like, to me, gains fucking tons of brownie points so like just having him on there as barry's father loved but spoiler fucking alert the end of the episode prior to the the finale zoom fucking kills him at the very end and then at the very beginning of the season finale right back up right up which to me i think killed the the emotional shock value because right at the beginning like you still felt like i mean granted it's probably different if you're binging it or watching one right after another Mm -hmm. But going into it, like, I was pissed. Like, I was actually on my way to a job site trying to finish off that episode of Flash 
whenever his father gets killed. And I'm like punching the steering so wheel. I'm screaming in my truck, like <laughs> swerving through lanes. You motherfucker. Because I was mad because I loved that character. Yeah. But that's why they did that. That's why they brought him back. That's why they made you love him because they wanted well, that emotional yeah. fucking yeah. shock value. But <clears throat> where, the, where the finale picked up and it showed how crushed and devastated Barry was, to me it lost a lot of that a lot, a lot of that emotion by being two different episodes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Granted, I still, I still felt like yes, like this is fucking devastating because we've grown to love those characters and we, we feel like we're in Barry's position by that point. But I feel like it was just, I think that 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 episode, the the episode before the finale, should have had that first little bit of this finale. Yeah. It just felt like it would have went better in one full scene rather than break that scene up. So, pissed off Barry goes and tells him he's going to end him. Yeah. And... Oh, go ahead. I'm I'm sorry. He... Zoom once again gets away from him saying that, you know, taunting him essentially saying that his family was his weakness Mm -hmm. and he said, now you are like me. Now you are like... Yeah, yeah, you are truly like me. You you have felt the loss and the, trying the to get hatred. Him to let anger yeah, take he's over trying to get him to essentially that. do the same thing he did. So, so basically, Zoom wants to be the best, yeah. and he challenges Barry to a race to see who's the best. And, and that's where that uh, that generator. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what it's called, but 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 Zoom's plan was. They race, and after, what was it, 500 laps? I think it's yeah, about 500, 500 laps. laps. It charges it up enough to where he's able to, what was it, like, pretty much have access to all yeah. to the multiverse. So he's essentially, and what we find out is Earth 1, uh, where the show actually takes place, Barry's Earth, is actually the center, like, the the, the center point of the multiverse. It is, like, the control point of this, the multiverse. It's the only place that you can access every other yes. Earth. So, so Zoom has full plans on taking complete control of this earth that way he's able to control the multiverse like you said zoom got away after at the beginning of the episode and barry is pissed he's he's more on he just has a bloodthirst he's more on a revenge mission rather than like thinking logical planning ahead and stopping zoom he just wants to get in there racing beating kill him he even said he wants to kill him he wants to make him suffer he wants to make him suffer not just kill him but suffer so the rest of the group, they lock Barry in one of their cells. Yeah, they, they all came in agreement that they they made this decision that they're going to lock up Barry, and they are going to be the ones that stop Zoom because they know that Barry's not going to go in there clear headed. He's going to kill himself. He's going to it's yeah. he's going to fail yeah. again because he's not thinking clearly. So they made the decision they're going to lock him up inside of one of their metahuman containments, and they will stop Zoom by what was it tranking him. Tranking him, Use, uh, using the using, using the hologram, the, yeah, using all yeah. that, yeah, They're, using a hologram, tranking him, and then pushing him back into Earth Two. Yeah, and they said no matter what, once he is into Earth Two, no matter if somebody gets drugged in there with him or not, no matter what happens, you seal that that entrance off Don't and open never it. open it again because by that point he cannot get back. There's no way. So like, that the the team made the decision that they will seal it off. Well, in, at the, the end of the events of them catching Zoom, they did wind up catch Zoom. And knocking him and back into the knocking portal. him back in the portal, and he drug Joe, Joe, Joe West, Iris's, oh. Iris's father, Barry's stepfather, Wally's father. The And we've all grown up. I love Joe West. Oh, yeah. Joe's one of my favorite He's characters. My and I'm usually not big on the secondary type characters, like on Arrow. Like, I'm not, like, He's I could be, care less about like Detective a... and stuff, like, honestly. But I like Joe. Yeah. yeah. And he, he gets pulled into Earth, too. So Barry winds up finding out about this. 
because of Wally. Wally. I think Wally, Wally yeah. finds out about it all. He was like, "You guys didn't ask me. You know, didn't ask Barry. I, didn't ask I me. Mean, didn't ask Barry our opinions on this." And now Wally and Barry are two yeah. two of the father, people greatly. Yeah. yeah, our father is gone. You know, without our without our consent. So Wally lets Wally tells Barry about it and lets Barry out. And Barry makes a decision that no, we're going back and we're we're going to get Joe. We're going to I'm I'm we're going to use. Cisco, we're going to use Vibe to to Vibe to mm-hmm. Zoom. He's going to kind of piggyback on his Vibe and agree to race Zoom in exchange for Joe's life and Joe's safety and the safety of his loved ones. So they they get everyone all back on Earth One. The race is starting, and Zoom has him racing on this big circle that's supposed to charge the device to open up the way to the multiverse. Another thing that we forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode, whenever Barry is chasing Zoom, right after he right after Zoom killed his father, we see a time remnant of Zoom running alongside of him, and his time remnant comes back and actually whenever Zoom's kind of monologuing to, to Barry, he comes his time remnant comes back and kills him. And Barry finds out that that's kind of what Zoom does. You yeah. Know, he, sometimes you need one of your time remnants to sacrifice themselves for in order for you to complete whatever it is. So while they're running around this generator, getting it charged, it's starting to charge up. You see the portal opening. You see, you see one of Barry's time, time remnants. You, come in. you see another flash. Yeah, another, yeah, another, another Barry and, Allen and flash. You can assume it's a time run, and they mm-hmm. go on later to explain. They, well, well they, it was almost right there in the middle of the scene. I they're think it was Harrison. Yeah, the time remnant. Race, what? Time race. No, no, the time rates are the. Are the. <laughs> come in. Yeah, that's a little later. Uh, um, so doing that race, Barry, like the the current Barry, uh, is down. He saves Joe, and they're trying to figure out a way to get the to stop the machine. So the time remnant is what's currently racing Zoom, right? I. Or do I have a backwards? No, no, I think you have a backwards. Yeah, backwards. I think Barry stayed with Barry's Zoom. The time racing. remnant is the one that, that snacked up everybody. Because he explains that he's a yep. time remnant. And then he starts running oh. at the base of it because they're, it's a giant circle. It looks like a giant like I, a giant O, and they're running in the middle of it, like the middle of a donut. And then it's on a base, so the time remnant Barry is running completely opposite and uh-huh. around, intersecting around them. the base. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, he's what because, he's doing. He's reversing the polarity. He's he's counteracting which it, which is the the common solution to everything. <laughs> to everything, and anything, anything yeah. comic book or sci-fi. So they do that, and Zoom is like he's like it's too late. I've already won. The machine's already charged. It's already fully charged. It's but then starting. that's when the time runner starts running yeah, around. Yeah, he counteracts it, and then he starts ripping apart, dude. Kind of like how Barry did whenever they did they tried uh, to read the the chick. Uh, I can't yeah, remember yeah, uh, what her name was. The, the other speedster. Yeah. yeah. That little scene remind me of, like, the crisis yeah. scenes. You know what I mean? Where, like, Barry gets, starts getting ripped back apart and shit. Like, that was a really cool scene. Yeah. Uh, let's try to jump forward. Let's try to speed this up a little uh, bit. So, yeah. basically, that happens. It counteracts the, the machine. It closes the portal, like, to the multiverse. That the time run at Barry is dead. Zoom still thinks that, you know... He he can still gain the upper hand here, but Barry beats the shit out of him. Yeah, like like slamming him into stuff, beating the hell out of him. And he starts biting and, his vibrating his hand, ready to stab him. And Zoom's like, "You don't have it in you." 
You you're can, a hero. You, you, you couldn't do it before. Me. You can't do it now. And he's like, I don't have to. And that's where you see the two time wraiths yeah. come down. And you find out the reason yeah. the reason why Almost. the reason why Barry one of the reasons why Barry created his time remnant was to trigger to, to pretty much cause a beacon to the, the time wraiths mm -hmm. to come. And he said, and I was just hoping they'd be more pissed off at him than they are me. And that's exactly what happened. They're more pissed off at Zoom because he created yeah. all kinds yeah. of fucking mess compared to Barry's and eh, one time remnant. Yeah. So, so that happens. Everything calms down. Yeah. Zoom's gone. They're all like kind of having a little celebratory. Things are calm. Things are a yeah. normal thing at Joe's house. I think it's Joe's house. Well, no, because no. uh, before that, they're at the uh, they're at Zoom's. Star Labs because that's when you see them unlock. No, 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 no. no. The helmet was okay. After, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you're that. right. You're right. You're right. And so we finally find out who the the man in the Iron Mask is. Or no, we knew it was Jay Garrick earlier in the yeah, episode, all right. right? I think I think what you're thinking of when they're all at Joe's was right after, like, I think it was like mid-episode. That's mid -episode. the very yeah, that, No, 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 that was mid, I think you might be thinking, unless we're thinking about two different things, you might be thinking about mid-episode where him and Iris are sitting on the porch and he kind of tells her, like, I've got to make sure I'm good first before I can do no, this. And that wasn't the very end. No, it wasn't, because that one, remember Zoom ran right on by and he's like, Zoom, and then he starts chasing after him. And that's why he oh, catches yeah. up with him then. I don't know. Kind of no. But no. that wasn't oh, at the man. end, dude. I'm telling you, that was not at the end. Because she goes back inside and it's like, let's which is clip. why I'm sorry I have <laughs> to roll, do this. Roll the footage. Oh, let's roll the clip. Kidding. They're, they're sitting on the porch. She's like, mm -hmm. you waited for me. I'll wait, I'll wait for, for you. you. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I love you. They kiss, all that. She goes yeah. back inside. He's like, that's why I'm sorry I have to do this. And that's when oh, he yeah, yeah, yeah. you are you are right you are right you are right no he was sitting on the porch with her at an earlier time earlier, yeah by. okay and, well so yes before before that, before that happens after we find out after you find out that the the guy in the iron mask is Jay Garrick uh, they wind up going back to Zoom's hideout after they kill Zoom or after Zoom gets taken away by the race I mean uh, to to rescue him to rescue this Jay Garrick so <laughs> I like the little the banter back and forth between. Uh, between Wells and Cisco about yeah. using a screwdriver. Using, yeah. He said, well, you've never worked with a tool before? He's like, I'm working with one now. Tough yeah. About, you know I mean? But they're working, they're trying to get this it, this helmet off of him, and it pops. And then they take it off of it, and it goes over to Barry. The, but, the yeah, before, before you even see Jay Garrick's face, you hear Wells explaining why Jay didn't have his powers while he had the mask on, because there was a dampener. Yeah. And that caused him to not have his powers, and... Which is why he couldn't escape, why he couldn't do anything. And, uh, yeah, he, he, Jake Eric stands up, turns around, and he looks like Robin Williams whenever he comes back in Jumanji, all fucking burly faced. <laughs> Only instead but of looking like Robin Williams, he looks like Barry's dad. He looks like the man who played The Flash in the original 90s. He's, uh, he's, it's the same actor. It's, it's so amazing. It's his doppelganger from mm. what we find out is Earth 3. Yeah. And what happened was, is Zoom captured him to, uh, what was it, to decide his power, yeah. Um, so, Barry, Barry fucking gets freaked out, has an emotional fucking breakdown, whatever, goes out to the hallway, Joe comes out, chills him out, and tells him, like, he doesn't even know that he's your father's doppelganger. So, like, I mean, if you want to, you can leave now, like, I won't, like, we'll tell him that you had to go, and he's like, no, I can do this, just give me a second. Then the next time you see that doppelganger, he's already cleaned up, fully shaved, and oh, in, in his, and in his costume, yeah, without like, the helmet. And you find out that helmet was 
was the one thing that that was actually Zalaman's yeah mm-hmm. original shit. Everything else he jacked from, whether it's the name, costume, everything he jacked from Jay Garrick. And they tell and him, they the tell, they tell him the that, and they're like, hope. but it was a sign of hope. And he's like, well, maybe it's time for once I take something from him and I use something of his. Throws the helmet on, looks so fucking good. And then, uh, did you notice that whenever he grabs Wells and his daughter, he's like, if you think. That super fast fucking speed, there's a lot of whiplash. You would want to grab them around the waist. He grabs them behind the neck and runs. So, like, yeah. you know, midway running, he's breaking their necks. But, and that was pretty much the end of the basic episode. But the the very end, whenever, like we were saying, whenever you're sitting there talking to Iris, and he says, I'm sorry, I have to do this, and he runs off, he runs so fast he that runs back he time. runs back in time again. goes back to the, the, the death of his mother, where... Uh, where he the went first before. reverse, or the reverse, yeah, where he went before was going to prevent his mother's death. His remnants told him no. You know, pretty much, and he yeah. realized it still it had to be that way. Instead of him, by that point, he is that remnant. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets all wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Yeah. Love it. And stops the reverse flash, beats the shit out of him at that dude. Like beats oh, the shit out of him, throws him against walls, fucking. Fucking bang his face against the wall. Saves his mom. Saves his mom. So that uh, and that other remnant disappears. He pulls a fucking Marty McFly, dude. Yeah, he I starts. Do. He legitly fades away and disappears. And if you notice, that was that moment that, like, at the end of season one, when he popped his head open, the berry that is the berry that we were keep that we were following in this episode. He should have been like that. That's when he should have nodded and said no, and that berry would have. You know, what I mean let it all happen that was the end of season one yeah, yeah so he went back and yeah. changed that exact moment instead which kind of gives us the opportunity fades away so oh, to me saving his mother this is what he did at the end of the flashpoint storyline or that's what he did at the flashpoint storyline that caused the big the big fuck up to me what what i think is going to happen we we found out that supergirl is coming to cw but she is part of a completely different universe as the CW verse, as the Bur- as the the Berlanti verse that we already have, so I think what's going to happen is they are going to. That's how they're, they're going to. That's how they're going to. Yeah, that's how they're they're going to use this to bring her in and possibly some other things. All right, okay. So moving on from whatever the hell they just said, we are going to talk about DC Universe Rebirth because it is also very Jeff Johns related because he's amazing. I love um, this. I didn't take my book out of the package, so I'm sorry about that noise. Okay. Uh, I feel like I'm going to let you primarily talk about this since we just went yeah. down. Oh, you flash. went to you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll talk with you, and I will give uh, I will give my opinion. Well, stuff, but I'm going to let you do the basic rundown of it. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not going to go really too into yeah. detail because it's a very word. Well, we'll, 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 let's just let's just talk about some shit that we really liked in it. Yeah, that that is a clock, guys. It's a clock. That's a goddamn clock, guys. All right. Um, yeah, now it says it says Obviously here at the bottom. Um, it says here at the bottom. It says just uh, you have to read Justice League fifty and Superman fifty two to, to read this. It's a little wrong. It's a little right. Uh, you don't just need to read Superman fifty two because you need to read every single issue prior. that went into Final Days of Superman to get to fifty two. <laughs> um, and you don't just need to read Justice League fifty, although. Uh, from what I was given about Justice League 50, it did, like, kind of prep me for this. Uh, but you should really read the entire Dark Side War. Yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah, this isn't a book you can just jump into. Um, you kind of can. If you if you know the the outcome of all those, yeah. at least some of the basics, like, I think okay, you kind of can. If you get a quick snip, like, read a review, at least. 
of those things, and you'll be prepped for this. And also, if you know pre-Final uh, Crisis uh, stories, yeah. then you'll also be more than prepped for this. But more or less, we get a lot of monologuing uh, uh, about um, time and how people have forgotten things. Uh, is that why there's clocks? And that is why there's clocks. Uh, actually, no, the person talking is talking about how his father gave him a clock. And gave him a watch. Gave him a watch, watch, yes. And uh, eventually it stopped working. And he says, uh, uh, making direct contact like this could kill me, but I have to try because right now I'm worse than dead. I'm forgotten. And there's a big flash of lightning in the Batcave, and then boom, out pops Wally motherfucking West. The white, ginger-headed Wally West. Yes, the original Pre- Wally West. <laughs> My name is Wally West. I'm and the I, fastest man alive. Yeah. Um, and I was the Flash at one point, he says. But yeah, so basically um, that sets up the theme for this entire story, uh, which is why I went into it a little detail there. Very little detail there. But uh, yeah, basically this entire book is Wally West trying to contact people from the now-known universe, the New 52 universe, and trying to get them to remember who he is, what happened. And he even gives you... Uh, actually, yeah, you don't really need to know pre, pre Because he, he runs it all. Down. He does. He talks about uh, his involvement in the Justice League, how he got his superpowers, how he met the Flash. His involvement um, in Teen Titans. Yeah, his involvement in Final Crisis, uh, yeah. Infinite Crisis and all that. He talks about Earth 2 uh, and how he created it, basically. Yeah. Um, and then he talks about... Uh, why all these things have, for, have been forgotten, and it's not because of the Flashpoint uh, incident changing things. It's, it's because somebody someone infected. stole it. Yeah, and yeah. somebody infected. Yeah, there's the someone more powerful than even Darkseid is what's mm-hmm. said in this book that has taken ten years out of this world. It's Jeff Johns. It's Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. Again, we don't know who this is, and if there's it's any character that could be Jeff Johns, it's, it's this character. So it's Jeff Johns. I feel like these are those entities you know in uh, the Marvel DC crossover. <laughs> yeah. Like that's who it is. You know what? Or like the Lego Movie, where it turns out it was <laughs> a little kid. In fact, yeah. Like yeah. I, I'm wondering if this whole storyline, this whole rebirth storyline, t- uh, turns out to reveal it, them. It, because the way they kind of talk about it, it was like <laughs> it is. It was almost a stab right at like. Like, yeah, at, at New Fifty Two and at, world. at the fans yeah. being shitty about. You know, I mean, it's yeah. Um, I like know. I would not be surprised if this plays out to the entire like superhero universe realizing that they are a comic book. And that it, are you sure this is Jeff Johns and not Grant Morrison? I got it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, he's he's trying to contact one of the aging members of the Justice Society um, because they're connected somehow. He's trying to contact, um, I don't even know who this is, but she's one of the women from uh, the League of Superheroes. I, I don't know. Well, I saw Blonde. The Legion of Superheroes. I saw Blonde, and the first thing I thought of was, was Power Girl, but it's not Power yeah. Girl. It turns out, oh, another key player in this is the Atom, mm-hmm. who uh, has shrunken himself down to something that he can only describe as the microverse. Um, and he's telling him, he's like, look, tell these people I love them, blah, 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 but I also made a suit for you, 
a belt that does exactly what mine does. It'll you need home to come in on in me. It, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll come to my microscopic level. Yes. It'll home straight to me. And then there'll be these people who are going to be waiting for you, and no matter what they do, no matter what they say, do not, and that cuts off. Yeah. We don't know what he was going to say. He's like, what do you mean? Do not. What, what yeah. do I not do? We get a little thing involving the Blue Beetle here. Actually, um, both the Blue Beetles. Yeah, both Blue Beetles, the original and the new one. And um, the original is trying to get him to be the Blue Beetle. The new one is trying to tell him, hey, look, you were supposed to help me get rid of this thing. If you don't want to do that, that's cool, but, but that's why I'm here. I'm not here to be yeah. a superhero. And then Dr. Fate shows up and talks to the original Blue Beetle and says, look, you're not dealing with science. You're dealing with magic. And um, Cord's like, magic? <laughs> I, wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute now. Um, and then we get some images of the new heroes that the Kid Flash, um, Wally West, has been talking about this whole time. Uh, the new well, Green Lantern. I can't remember who she is. Uh, her name is Jessica something. I can't remember. Her yeah. name is uh, Power Ring. Yeah, we see um, Damian Wayne celebrating his 13th birthday. Uh, something about... Um, Jackson. This is Jackson. Uh, is this a... Uh... Aqualad by any chance? I, I'm thinking this is Aqualad. Because the way they kind of talk about gay. it and like him, him yeah. swimming and everything, like it, yeah. Yeah, apparently he's gay. I don't like I don't know anything about Aqualad right yeah, now. But um, and then we see Pandora, who actually had a pretty big story arc in, in the uh, New Fifty Two. Yeah, it was Trinity War. Yeah, Trinity War, and she's talking about how. Um, uh, what the hell is? It? I just read this like half an hour before coming over here too. Um, I don't know. I didn't really. She's get talking what... about the evils she's unleashed. Uh, it may be over for me, but they will prove you wrong. They will prove that you are nothing but lonely, cruel. Mon- and before she can finish monsters, she seems to explode in a blue light, in, which we'll get to. We'll get to this blue light. Uh, <laughs> and then that's the end of chapter two. Yeah, there are four chapters here, by the way. Then we get a little bit of uh, something uh, about uh, Diana's twin brother which you can find out about from the, from the dark wonder, side war dark side war but i think it, it also took place in one of the wonder woman story arcs I i'm do not believe. sure i would i wouldn't know about that one but i do uh, know it has something to do with dark side yeah. war um then we get a flash of the scene where superman died all these heroes standing around and he he says he thinks it's superman but he can't exactly see who it is because we're seeing this all from the perspective of I like Wally that part West. right there. Yeah, they, and then he starts Holly. talking about how not only has 10 years been lost, but also love. And he starts talking about Green Lantern, or uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary, and how they see each other and they know there's a connection, but they but barely they, but know they each other. But they don't even know each other. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it keeps them up at night, bothering them about what's missing. That's then the we get to about. see a little bit of Clark and Lois from the other universe. That, that That's uh, the scene you were discussing earlier about where they're talking about the, his death with yeah. Doomsday in, in their world. We see uh, new love being formed between uh, Aquaman and Mara. Mara and Aquaman proposing to her. Uh, and then we finally get to the one person Wally West has been looking for this entire time, his ex-girlfriend Linda. From before all of this happened, before the Flashpoint paradox. Because he keeps referring to her as his lightning rod. She can always, yeah. no matter where he's at in the speed force and whatever been in universes, this situation before. she's she's the only one that is able. Her her love for him and their, their connection is the only thing that's able to pull him back. Yeah. And so he gets to her and he's like, Linda, oh my god, I found you. Um, and he's trying to say, take my hand and I can come home. 
and she's hesitant because she doesn't know who he yeah. is. I don't know you. And he's like, but it starts with us, Linda, you and me, forever. And she's like, I don't know you. And he's gets sucked back into the Speed Force. He's like, God, please let her remember before he's sucked right back in. He starts losing hope, and we start seeing these flashes of some stuff that we can expect post uh Post rebirth, mm-hmm. um, two new characters. I don't. I they're, don't. Know they're the same ones that's on the cover of Batman issue one. Yeah, issue I, I, one. they haven't been revealed yet. Though. No, no I, not that I know. Of. Uh, this is probably the most explanation I've gotten for them in this issue. And then we see Constantine talking to Swamp Thing about something, and uh, it turns out Swamp Thing wants him to bring someone back, bring back Abby, uh, Abby mm-hmm. Arcane. Yeah. And he's like, can't do it. And he's like, well, that's my price. Because uh, I guess Constantine wants his help with something. And he's like, you are uh, always were a bloody pain in the ass. You bloody turnip. Uh, um, and so the Flash is getting nowhere with reaching out to Captain Boomerang, reaching out to Cyborg. He's reaching out to Dick Grayson. Who is pulling a Nightwing costume out with the blue? Yeah. And, um, and he is... So sure that he's screwed until he sees. Um, was it his cousin? Yeah, yeah. Uh, his cousin previously, but um, in this world, the only Wally West. Yeah. Um, and he sees him dealing with these, you know, these situations where he's starting to become the new Kid Flash. He watches him save someone from a car. And then get really excited, and he yells up, he jumps up in the air, he's like, awesome! And he's so happy to be the Flash. And then he sees uh, Barry Allen, the Flash. He sees him uh, saving these children, smile on his face the whole time, doing what he does, taking a and, moment to stop yeah, and I, talk. I love how he, 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 he's actually mentioned that, I think, twice in this book, that like Barry will stop, because you know he moves so fast, he can stop and just take a second and just see if each one of these people that he saved is okay. Because he even... He even goes and gets pizza yeah, for them all. Because he finds out that one of the kids is hungry. So he's yeah. like, pizza. And then, and then tips, the, tips the restaurant by completely renovating the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. And then um, uh, Wally West acknowledges that he seems happy. And he's like, that's enough for me. So long as he's doing his job and he's happy, I can die in peace. Um, and he's about ready to get up. Uh, give up, but he feels like he has to say something. To he has to first. thank him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he... Gives Barry this, like, smallest thing about, like, what's going on and what Barry mm-hmm. needs to do. He needs to contact Bruce to tell him about the letter and everything uh, from the Flashpoint Paradox. Yeah. And um, and then he just starts going off, like, thank you for being an inspiration. He, he, he explains to him how appreciative he is. And, like, if it wasn't for him, he wouldn't be where he's at. Yeah. He, wouldn't, he wouldn't be the man that he is. And just before he's about to die, he says, thank you for an amazing life. When Barry reaches in, grabs him... And pulls him into the to the living world because like, he all of a sudden course. remembers him. He's, yeah, he, that's what. He, yeah, that's he right. He's Wally. squinty-eyed. He's like trying to figure out, and then all of a sudden he's Just wide-eyed. Extremely like, wide-eyed. Wally, and you, you see him grab his hand, Grabs and it's already him. like tearing apart. It's dude. such a good. I'm getting goosebumps Odal. again. But we're talking about goosebumps. the Flash and the right. Time Remnant. Like, doesn't it look like the same? Exactly? <laughs> um, he pulls him in, and he's like, oh my god, I'm back. And uh, Flash starts breaking down, crying. He's like, I'm so sorry, Barry. How, or uh, Wally, how could I forget? My god. Uh, and they hug. And then they oh, it's such, such a good fucking page where they're I started to tear up, dude. Like, yeah. just look, look at those panels right below. Uh, like I said, I'm getting goosebumps. Look at it. 
I'm getting goosebumps again reading this, and I love it so much. And then, um, and then when Flash remembers, and, it, and it, when Barry remembers, and he sees, he's like, I remember it now, and it shows the panels from like, uh, like from him getting his powers, powers, and when he yeah. joined the Teen Titans, and yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, they start talking about, um, yeah, what happened to Flashpoint. Yeah, what happened with Flashpoint, and he was like, I don't think it. it yeah, he said he was trying to tell tell Barry because Barry's yeah. very sure that what's going on isn't my fault from him. I mean, with the Flashpoint, exactly. he's like, it's, it wasn't your fault, Barry. It was something else or someone else. Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. Uh, Jeff Johns. And uh, he says, whoever they are, they did this for a reason. Um, and they took years from us to weaken us. Like yeah. the the years they took it by taking away the memories of everything pre Flashpoint was to weaken them down. Yeah. Which, um, which I feel like is them being like, oh, you guys took away the history of, of all of our favorite characters. You made our stories weak. Like, that's that's kind of what it felt like to me a little bit. And on the last two pages, Batman is looking uh, at the letter from his father, Thomas Wayne, from the from the alternate universe, Earth 2. And in the, in the boxes, we have Wally West saying, there's going to be a war between hope and despair, love and apathy, faith and disbelief. When I was outside of time, I felt their presence. I tried to see who it was, but it, uh, I couldn't. But I know that they're out there. And they're waiting to attack again for some reason. While this is going on, Batman is digging something out of the wall. Yeah, he notices something. He notices a little listening. gleam. Yeah. Uh, and he goes to dig it out of the wall. And then Barry continue, or Wally continues to say, <laughs> I can feel it. Even now, Barry. We're being watched, and that last page is just a full page of Batman pulling a smiley face pin with a blood stain out of the wall. The comedian's pin. If you don't know, that is from oh the Watchmen, God. which is oh amazing because God. those have been two separate universes yeah. this entire time, and we're getting everything. This it's... is giving us back pre-Final Crisis characters. And, 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 oh and, they're, and they're adding in characters in a story that fucking anybody that's ever read it loves. Which... To bring you back, there to was the a blue, blue light exactly. that killed Pandora, uh, and that she exploded just like Rorschach. Yeah, she exploded just like Rorschach. I was thinking about all the Vietnamese people in that one scene. Yeah. Like, uh, and then there's, <laughs> then there's an epilogue. We see the Earth from far away. Then we see a little shot of Mars past the moon. Then we see Mars, then the planet's surface, and a little bit of a spark uh, behind a rock. And it turns out to be Wally's watch, Wally, uh, Wally West's watch that he was talking about, and it's floating up into the air, being pulled apart, disassembled, and he disassembled, finds fixed, and because then there's back one together. gear that is missing a tooth, and you notice it, matter starts like, yeah, coming together and building a tooth up, and then it reassembles, and starts working again. And then there is a white text box that says, "I did the right thing, didn't I?" Another text box, a white text box that says, it all worked out in the end. Then we see a blue text Dude. box that says, in the end, question mark, uh, nothing ends, Adrian. Nothing ever ends. And that's it. The clock is ticking across the DC universe. And Rebirth has become, like, the next chapter in my Bible. <laughs> oh, wow. This and honestly, there's, I'm book. surprised that there's people pissed off that 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 Watchmen are now in DC Universe. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's why? not a whole hell of a lot, How but like, why, why not utilize some of our, like, I love that fucking story. Yeah. Like, and I honestly wasn't, a, I didn't really know much about it until you turned me on to it years ago, yeah. right after the movie came out. And after watching the movie, 
read the comic, watched the motion oh comic. Oh my god, I was reading that comic book religiously. Uh, and then the movie is so, like, on po- They changed one thing in the movie. Yeah. One thing, obviously, and they added some out, stuff. They added, or they left some stuff out, yeah. but they added only... Inconsequential. Yeah, yes, it really um, was. But the one thing in the movie, if you haven't read the comic, but you've seen the movie... Uh, again, spoilers here. Uh, in the movie, they blame the destruction of these major cities on Dr. Doc, Manhattan, yeah. which, personally, I think makes a load more sense than, than what they did yeah. in the comic, which was random monster from another dimension that they only really talk about at the very end of, of the book. <laughs> it feels like a shoehorn ending. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and Alan Moore's pissed about this. Dude, just take the bullet. Yours didn't make sense. Theirs did. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, yeah, they, they they get the chance to merge these two universes somehow. We don't even know how exactly yet. Maybe this was always supposed to be a part of the universe, but something happened. Like and, the and, Flashpoint and, and who were they talking about that infected the whole Flashpoint? Yeah, like who is? is I don't are think we they talking say about. Are yeah. we talking about Doctor Manhattan? Yeah, because exactly. they, because they've never came out. They've never came out and like Jeff, Manhattan... John, Jeff Johns came out and said that Doctor Manhattan. Is not going to be a villain. He's not a villain. Doctor Manhattan. Doctor Manhattan Earth. has always kind of been. Doctor Manhattan left Earth to go create life elsewhere. Yeah. Is oh, the DC yeah. universe the life he went to go create? Oh my god, dude! You just blew my fucking oh, skull. Dude. What the fuck? Oh man! You just wow. blew your own I just blew mind. my own fucking skull. <laughs> oh shit! You're, oh, you're just masturbatory blew your own mind. Like, I may be reading more Marvel than I am DC right now, but DC is where I'm at. Dude, DC... Like, after this book, I am, I am locked I in. Couldn't, I honestly couldn't be more happier with this fucking yes. book. I honestly couldn't. Oh, it's so good. Um, if you... If... It is two fucking 99. What was yeah. it, 80 page, dude? Yeah. Oh, you can't beat it. They, they did good. If, if you love comic books, you love comic book stories, you're, you're familiar enough with the characters... Yeah, get yourself up to date on Dark Side War, Final Days of Superman, and then read Rebirth because it is worth it. All and three honestly, of these stories are just great. I, I have a good friend who, I mean, he kind of just reads comics here and there, doesn't even really keep up with storylines. He just jumped straight into Rebirth number one. Loved it. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I just noticed movies. that you have the other cover. Yeah, I have the variant. Yeah, nice. I have both. I don't Fuck you. I, I was going to get both, but I honestly. Uh,. I don't need to have I variants. I just I pick whatever cover I like better, and if it's a variant, I'll take that. I wish there was a blank cover because I would have the scene Ooh, that's yeah. on mine, but like a little farther out, and have it actually be Jeff Johns. <laughs> Jeff Johns' hand. I never. I actually. I, I didn't notice. There's that hand. Yeah. I didn't notice the. Uh, uh, was it the Leonardo da Vinci or Michelangelo? Oh yeah, Michelangelo. yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, instead of it just being the hand, I would have fucking Jeff, a naked. Buff Jeff Johns. With, which is, with his Green Lantern ball with cap or whatever. Um, but yeah, guys, DC Rebirth. Last thing, guys. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, we got to yeah, talk about this uh, giveaway real quick. Yeah, Shit. Give me the giveaway. I was right over top of the mic. I'm sorry if that the volume just spiked because of, I just got right over top of the mic. I don't know if you can read my handwriting there. Uh, I don't know yeah. if you guys have been tuning in to the, the live streams we've been doing or you should have heard a little bit of it on last... Yeah, we last podcast. Uh, we're getting ready to start a giveaway, and when this releases on the first, yeah. uh, you can stay tuned to our Facebook pages to hear all of the details. But Vincent, um, if you, uh... yeah, what we've got going on here is like we said on the last podcast, like we've said in some of our live shows, we're trying to go over 
and bring this podcast and any other media stuff we do uh, through the Sword of My Brand YouTube channel over to the Sword of My Brand Facebook page um, and refocus the Sword of My Comics page back on simply nerd news and nerd pictures and stuff like that uh, because it's getting a little cluttered. So, as an incentive to get people over to that new one, we're going to do a giveaway. We're going to release an official announcement post on the Sword of My Comics Facebook page, which you you should like also, uh, if you're not already on there. Uh, Otherwise, how the hell did you find out about this? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Anyways, um, the grand prize, you are going to get some of our best work, the stuff that we can bring to the table. Odell here makes awesome uh, bead creations. Perler beads. And he's just recently started doing uh, fridge magnets, which are really taking off. Like They've been doing really well, haven't they? Yeah. And um, basically, you're going to get one of those sets of your choice. It's not just going to be any random thing or something he's got laying around. You'll get to choose if you want them to be Batman-themed, if you want them to be Pokemon-themed, Nintendo-themed, any nerd thing that you want. If you want them to look like tits, you're you're set. You're golden. Um, he already has four sets. <laughs> he has four ready sets set aside, ready to go. Ready um, to tell them about sets. where they can find your Perler beads so they can get an idea. Uh, I have an Etsy shop. It's under the name Alpha Spectre. Uh, you can find me on the Sword of My Comics page right now. Yep. Uh, Instagram, Alpha Spectre 87 And I'll be adding everyone to the Sword of My Brand pages. Uh, uh, shameless pluggings all over the place. Uh, yeah. um, and on top of that, you're also going to get um, a tile coaster set handmade mm-hmm. by Mr. Boba Fett over here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's made a few of these for us already. Uh, he makes these out of actual comic book pages. They look fucking great. Uh, they were so awesome. They were so awesome that um, I thought he uh, had actually taken the set that we had in our shop, sort of my comics, and given them to Odal. And they were sitting there at Odal's place, and I was like, uh, I need a coaster set. So I messaged them, and I was like, can I have those coasters? Because uh, they were the only ones I, I didn't want to go yeah. to the store and buy regular coasters. I wanted those coasters. No, but, but they were regular coasters, yeah. and you can get <laughs> cool super nerdy awesome ones. coasters. But they were, yeah. uh, they were a birthday present for Odal, so I, I backed off that. But yeah. you're going to get one of those. Again, we have so much material available to us, and the ability to find material that you will get to choose this set. You'll get to choose what comic book characters you want them on. Marvel, DC, Image, doesn't matter. We can figure it out. Um, and he will make that for you. Bob, is there... Uh, you don't do these commercially anymore, do you? Uh, no, I, I started up an Instagram page. I only posted a few pictures of them on there. And then I just kind of didn't yeah. really want to have to deal with a whole nother uh, Yeah, this isn't exactly account. a living thing that he does no, either. No, so... something I... I did a lot of it for your shop. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of it for... Uh, we, we did a comic-themed bathroom, so I did a lot of cabinets, uh, yeah. doors, and, like, mirror borders and stuff with uh, with all the panels and such. So but, you are getting something pretty exclusive here. Oh, this yeah. It's, it's, one of a, it's something that's yeah. one of kind that's handcrafted. Yeah. Made this that, isn't like, something you can never go out to Hobby Lobby and pick up. No. This isn't something that you can go to your local comic shop and grab or even go online and get. This is just for you. And another thing that is going to be in this uh, the grand prize pack that I also created is it was a, a piece that we actually had in the shop. And it's a, uh, I don't remember exactly what size it is. It's a its a small picture frame. Yeah, I think it's a 5 by 7 Yeah, I think it's smaller than that. Really? It's, yeah, it's pretty small. It's a fairly small one. Uh, but uh, 
It's a it's '90s Jim Lee X Men themed, and it's also done the same way I do the coasters, which is I use uh, actual comic panels. And before anybody starts freaking out, uh, I use coverless or tore up comics that you'd find in a free pile or maybe even a ten cent pile or something. Yeah. So it's it's not like I pulled a you know Hulk one eighty one or something. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's. That, that's another little uh, one-of-a-kind yeah, item that'll be in that. And then uh, another thing that Bob's kicking in. Bob's, Bob's really ramping this oh, thing oh, up. Oh, the, the ring. It's the uh, Green Lantern. Yeah, it's, it's not your not the classic ones that you used to get in the, in the comic shops and such. It's uh, granted, it's probably not real silver or anything. It was yeah. a fairly cheapo one, but it's a, a decent little metal one, and the, the jewel in the middle is a little green. Obviously fake jewel, but yeah. it's pretty sweet. Pretty cool little yeah. thing there. Um, and then uh, the last two things you're going to get in there are the only things that I can really put in because I don't have any marketable skills outside of telling people what to do. Uh, I can organize and tell people what to do. <laughs> he can make good topics. Supervise. Yeah. Um, and I can't even do that very well because they took five minutes, 15 minutes out of the five I gave them. So. It's okay. It's still delicious. It's yeah, I'm sure it's short great. Um, but my brother, however, does do these awesome art prints. Um, he does all sorts of crossover stuff. Recently doing uh, Bruce Campbell mm-hmm. as Deadpool. Oh, uh, he also it. did an Ash meets um, Ash from Ash. Uh, the Evil Dead meets Game, Game of Thrones. Of Thrones when he does so um, another Pool Boys print. It's, there's so much great mm-hmm. stuff. You can find all examples of his type of work on the Simple Interesting Visions page on Facebook. Uh, from there, you can find his Etsy shop. But we are going to add an exclusive 8x10 print, signed or unsigned, your choice, uh, from Travis, as another little like thank you for liking our page. And the last... Uh, no, no, no. You actually uh, you forgot. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I almost did forget yeah. that. Uh, we are also, because there are four of us, we are all going to pull a suggested by us uh, comic book like whatever we think you should be reading and we're going to include four suggested titles into the uh into the grand prize so you're going to get four comic books hand selected by us and you know they're gonna be good because you know yeah, we're right. awesome we yeah, like yeah, awesome awesome. Hey, have you heard what we're talking about tonight you know uh Freaking you know what Tinker, uh man. dc universe rebirth should be in there yeah, it's, it's, it's in abundance be... we we can find it it's cheap actually uh, it's not <laughs> uh, inner geek sold out Really? Yeah. Do oh, you think crap. we can order another? No, I think we're I think I think it's out sold out. Sold out. Oh, yeah. Shit. It's, yeah. One of us might have to make a sacrifice, and Odell's got both covers. So. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> uh, the rest of us only okay. have one. And then but, we have... um, yeah, and and the last thing you're gonna get in the grand prize is a guest spot right here on the on the podcast. You're gonna get to join us for what we'll tell you will be about an hour, hour and a half. It'll turn into three. <laughs> uh, uh, if, if you're local, you can actually join us in person right here. Hell, even have a beer. Yeah. Uh, but if you are out of the area, all you need is Skype and a decent webcam and yeah. just a, please not a lot of background noise. Yeah, we, we will try to dedicate a couple hours to. We will get you screaming. in, and you'll get to bitch about yeah. comics and movies, or actually, rather, we geek out more than anything. We talk yeah, about yeah, a lot. Or if you just want to get on, if you want to get on here and bitch about how much you hate us, yeah, you're all, you, you only want to win, so you can tell us to our face how <laughs> much you hate it. us. I don't even care. Now there's I'll not still just, drink a beer with you. There's yeah. not only going to be one winner here. Uh, there's going to be a runner-up, and it's significantly smaller of a prize, but 
Uh, we, we still want to pass like at, at least two little packages. The other, the runner-up is also going to get a spot on the podcast. Um, we can schedule you for the same day as the grand prize winner, or you can come in on a different episode. Uh, it's completely up to you. But uh, we can also do uh, two comics selected by us. Uh, we're going to throw in two comic books, send them off to you, all at our expense, of course. And uh, again, these are going to be handpicked. Now, since it's two, yeah, since it's only two comics, uh, we're going to team up on these, and two of us will decide on one, and the other two will decide on the other, and then we're going to. Pop those in I, and honestly, you down. never know. By, by the time <laughs> by the time the contest is over, we might have thrown in a, a couple mystery prizes. Yeah, in these who knows? Well. This might get updated as we go along because yeah. we are going to be running this for the entire month of June. Yeah. Um, you have an entire month to get in on this, and all you have to do, and there will be more detail on how these entries work uh, in the post that you can find tomorrow on the Facebook page, which should be uh, June second. So basically the way you get involved is you can like that, that uh, status with all the details. You can comment letting us know what you like about the podcast, what you don't like, what you like about the Facebook page, what you don't like. Uh, we love the criticism. That will get mm -hmm. you a few entries. Uh, you can like the Sort of My Brand Facebook page. That will get you even more entries because that's the goal. Um, you can comment a friend's name and link them to the Facebook page. You can uh, do all sorts of different things, which I'm forgetting now because shirts are coming up all across the board. <laughs> I can't even think about it. But yeah, liking, commenting, so subscribing on YouTube. Entries. Yeah, subscribing on YouTube, on SoundCloud. There are going to be a ton of ways to get entries. We're going to be keeping track of it all. Just watch for that Facebook post on Sort of My Comics Facebook page. That is where all your details are going to be to get involved in this. And we're really excited about it, guys. We want we want you over on the brand, but we also want to say thank you for listening to us for way too long. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. Uh, yeah, let's, let's close let's this just, Let's just find it another oh, way to and, uh, 10 minutes. Real quick, you have, I know you have something to say right before we, we, oh, we, yeah. we get out of here. Guys, we want to go ahead and not thank our unofficial anti-sponsor of Sort of My Podcast, the ever-shitty, ever-annoying, ever-frustrating internet service from Frontier Communications. Fuck These em. bastards will overcharge you, even though it's in their policy to tell you about any charges, and then lie to you about it. But when you get frustrated about that, fear not, because they will hang up. Every time. Because they're just not going to deal with that shit. Because they don't need it. They ain't got time. For uh, they ain't got time. Ain't for that. Got time for that. Um, well, I I, I suffer their poor quality. You shouldn't. Ah, uh, fuck frontier. <laughs> and hashtag, hashtag fuck frontier. No, we've got we've got. Let me get you a couple uh, entries. Tell them where they can find them. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Still have that. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll start with it. They can find us at the Sort of My Comics and Sort of My Brand. Sort of My Brand. Push more for Sort of My Brand, but if that's you don't like... That's where all the live shows are going to happen. That's where you're going to find out about all the good shit. But if you're not a fan of Sort of My Comics, go ahead like that as well. You yeah. can also find us on um, Instagram under yeah. Sort of My Pod... At Sort of My Podcast. At Sort of My Twitter. Podcast. Twitter at, at Sort, sort of, my of My Podcast. podcast. Yeah. And uh, we also have a Periscope, which I we haven't used for a while, which is Probably, also sort of my Periscope. I don't know if we ever will. I don't think we <laughs> need to now that like Facebook has a live stream. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, Google Music. 
We're yeah. on Google Play Music and we're on iTunes. We're on we iTunes. We are across the board. Yeah, yeah, we're official. Um, you can find the YouTube page, sort of my brand YouTube page. Once I get my internet situation figured out, frontier, uh, we're going to be doing the YouTube page regularly. But you can listen to the first episode there. Um, anyways, you can find all of us on Instagram and Twitter. Hey, also, uh, if you use hashtag <laughs> FuckFrontier, you get two extra entries. Oh my god, yes. Uh, because they're double, they're, they suck twice as much as You know what? Yeah, providers. if, if you uh, hashtag FuckFrontier in the comments, that is an automatic. Uh, in the comments of anything of ours. Yes. But it has to be our direct post or else we yeah. can't keep up with it. If it's hashtag front, front, fuck frontier, I'm saying it right now, five entries. Ooh, five. Five, five entries Ooh. for hashtag fuck frontier. Five times the fun, guys. So, uh, yeah, that's as, actually, I decided this. That's as many entries as you can get for liking the Sword of My Brand Facebook page, too. So if you like the Sword of My Brand Facebook page, hashtag fuck frontier, that's ten entries right there. So, yeah. Do Dang. it. Do it. Do now. it. And fuck frontier. But not really, though. Now. Not really. Now, Chelsea. Cue badass outro here.